and top in your TARDISes, you're listening to another episode of Doctor Huh? Hi, why Who's didn't this anyone guy? tell us this movie rule? Who's <laughs> why is they always give the master cool sunglasses? Whovians hop in your motorcycle seat at the theater. Whovians pop up some popcorn. It's movie time. I mean, there was no way we were going to get through an episode about a movie without referencing on cinema. So, unfortunately, movies are just sort of an on cinema conveyance tool for me. <laughs> unfortunately, movies are just sort of an on cinema reference to me. Uh huh. I'm like, oh, these things from on cinema. Wait, they S- have those for real, Sam. I have great news. People gave us money. Why? I don't know, but they gave us enough money that we get to talk about Doctor Who 1996 movie. <laughs> I don't know why, but my my brain just went, uh, thought, uh, don't cry. Doctor Who 1996 movie written by Matthew Jacobs, directed by Jeffrey Sachs. That's correct. And I didn't cry, to be honest. The movie didn't make me cry. No, it wasn't a real tear <laughs> It would have been weird if it had. It's so good. I mean, I was sad to see the Seventh Doctor perish before my eyes. I wasn't. Circums- I literally laughed out loud the circumstance, when he died. The circumstances behind his death are the untoppable on Doctor Who. We'll never see it. We'll never see another regeneration like this. Oh, who um, are you, by the way? Me? You know me. Yeah, I'm Jordan. Oh, okay. And I don't have a nickname. It's movie time. I'm Sam, parentheses, covered in slime. (laughs) This, okay, alright, if you had shown this to us in our first, like, five episodes, it would have been over. It would have been slime time every day. We would still be talking about slime (laughs) 50-something episodes later. Um, This is a fucking slimed-up, ooey-gooey, slippery, stinky movie. Mm -hmm. Kind of of a nasty movie at at times, if, if you ask me. It's it's a 90s film. It reminded me, and I don't mean this as a criticism because I have very little negative to say about this movie, to be perfectly honest. Uh, the thing that it reminded me of more than anything was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Ooh, okay. Um, a lot of Dutch angles, a lot of, like, grimy, smoky alleyways. See, I was thinking, um, and this is late 80s. So this is the old movie by Doctor Who standards, uh, Doctor Who movie standards of of like Tim Burton Batman a little bit, especially in the score. I think the score was giving big Danny Elfman energy. Um, but I mean, it wasn't as like uh, early 90s, like campy as it. But yeah, the grimy, slimy. Well, it's mid 90s campy. Grimy, slimy. Um, and uh, also the master is the Terminator in this one. Um, he's the Terminator. He chases them in an. He chases. He chases a guy on a motorcycle in a big truck, like in the Terminator movie. Um, and he's made of goo, like in kind of like in the Terminator movie. And he wears sunglasses. Case closed. Solved. Um, so I I want to talk for anyone who doesn't know just briefly about the circumstances of this movie because it's very odd. telling, and it also informs the tone of the movie a lot. Yes. So as we know classic doctor who it went dormant in the 80s it was never canceled they just didn't make any more of it for a long time and there was a lot of conversations of like when are we bringing back doctor who when are we having another season with the seventh doctor they actually had apparently written some of a seventh season uh which would have had a new companion who was a cat burglar i guess uh but that never materialized so they 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 reached across the aisle, as it were, to the United States. Uh, where you guys know a, how to make good TV. A, 
a British TV guy working in the United States named Philip Siegel, uh, who had some contacts here and there and was like, I'll ask around and see if we can get some Doctor Who made in America. Uh, He ended up being the executive producer of the movie because that's how movies work. And he made a deal with Fox, specifically Fox's TV movie division, which was basically making the movie into like a backdoor pilot. So like if the movie does well and American audiences like it, then Fox was going to make presumably one season of American Doctor Who that would have been canceled Canceled. after three episodes. And (laughs) that would have been bad. (laughs) Then like 15 years later, some like random YouTuber uh, would do like a YouTube deep dive on it. And that would be the enduring legacy of Doctor Who forever. Right, we don't because, live nobody, in that. because they wouldn't have made any more of it. We don't live in that universe. We live in the universe where the movie performed very poorly, um, and then they never made any American Doctor Who. And then some of mm. some of the ways that this movie bridges between American and British is so fascinating to me because apparently they didn't want almost anything in this movie to have anything to do with the show right they were like it's just going to be its own thing it's going to be an american production with american characters they they have the seventh doctor in it yes but they want that was they want you to think he's the fourth doctor that's the thing well philip siegel he he apparently had to fight for any continuity that it had they were like when people in america think doctor who the first thing that they think is, I don't know what that is, but if they think anything different, they think, oh, the scarf guy? The guy with so the scarf. So they were like, we can, we could put Tom Baker in this movie. He'll be the previous doctor, and then it'll reincarnate into a new guy. But Philip Siegel was like, no, 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 no. It's gotta be, like, contiguous with the show. So he fought for McCoy, and he was right to do it. I would also fight for McCoy. He fought for um, the original theme music. I assume he had to fight for the blue police box. But yeah, we got a movie that it really just slots right into the continuity between Classic Who and New Who. And I think that that's very I interesting. I really enjoyed watching this. A, as a, as a, yeah, as a bridge. Because we like Classic Who and we love Sylvester McCoy, even though we've only seen one serial with him. I just call him Silly McCoy for short. Silly McCoy? He is pretty silly. Uh, not in this movie, but, um. But Something silly happened to him. <laughs> he had a, he had a terrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> um, and we like Paul McGann from our favorite webisode that we're always talking about. I love him in this movie. He's so good. I want more of him. We would have been blessed to have more of him. I want, I want to see. I want to see his cereal. I want to see his cereals. I also love the fact that his his uh, outfit in this movie is a stolen Halloween costume. <laughs> oh, it is. I I don't think I fully processed what that scene was until you said that just now. You're right. He's a great doctor, and we should. And I mean, I guess they did give us more of him in the form of various prose and and uh, and audio dramas, which one it's... could enjoy, but. It's and we will eventually. It's so interesting. Maybe it's so interesting to me that he really does both on a meta level and in fiction feel like he is out of place uh-huh. because he's he is a British character in an American movie and he's also a British guy in America. Yeah. So like he's he's quirky on every level. He is quirky, but he's not like uh, he's not like. Uh... 
He's not he's not like that crazy compared to some other doctors we've seen. He's he just has more... funny little subtle things. Like yeah. the part where he like offers a jelly baby to a police officer and he makes this ridiculous like lip smacking face to encourage him to eat. It. <laughs> that was very good. The jelly babies, I believe, are a fourth doctor ism. Is, is oh yeah i, I don't know if we've seen that we haven't seen him do that but i just it was one of those things that you know back when i was a a young hoovian uh hopping in my tardis and grabbing my wand or whatever uh mm-hmm. i remember like looking up the other doctors and the fourth one was like known for his iconic long scarf and love of jelly babies but we've never <laughs> seen him do that but i believe yeah, the that's seventh a... doctor's eating them at the start of the movie so i assumed that that was his thing but i, I guess it was just seeing... a tip of the bowler hat um, I want to talk about, um, as all things begin, the beginning of the movie. Um, Interesting. Uh, I should say, I don't remember if I actually said this. I really like this movie. I don't know if it's a good movie, but it was a good movie for me. <laughs> I think it's a fun movie, which means it's a good movie. That's fair. I don't know if that means it's a great movie, but it does mean it's a good movie. I'm glad that it flopped miserably so that the, uh, <laughs> so that the legacy of Doctor Who could endure... Because it wouldn't have if it got canceled after one season on Fox. Almost certainly not. I have a really hard time imagining that they could have made any American Fox Doctor Who and then later rebooted it in the UK. I just don't know if that would have been allowed. I just so wish I think that, I think like, it's for the best that it flopped. I just wish that like listen, I wanna I wanna rub the genie's lamp and, and the genie will say to me, This is what you want? But I want <laughs> there to be like a season zero of this Rusty. Is what you want? Didn't you? Are see, you wasn't sure? There a thing about Elon Musk getting slapped in the nuts every day? No, no. Okay, it was, I'll, it was I'll, the, I'll do it. It was just that every every Twitter user could press a button to. <laughs> oh, that's right. To hurt. hurt his balls. It was to hurt anyone's balls, but it only works once a day. Um, but I would just log on and use it on Elon anyway. I th- so that's my first wish is the Twitter hurt someone's nuts if they make a bad post. Uh, though I haven't really used Twitter in months, so maybe not. My second wish is that everything on Doctor Who is exactly the same. Which once again, the genie is like, you can make any episode of Doctor Who good. Are <laughs> my you sh- wish is are for nothing sure? to change. <laughs> but also for there to <laughs> listen. I'm not. A- I'm not aiming for the stars here. Okay. Um. But uh, <laughs> my second wish. Uh, is that Doctor Who is exactly the same, but before the first series with, uh, Christopher Eccleman, we get one limited run, like, like a, like a eight episode run of episodes with, uh, with Paul McGann, um, in his travels in San Francisco. Would it be an, okay, it would be an American show. It would be in America, but it would not be produced by America. So everyone would have bad American accents or they would be American actors, which we would later accuse them of doing bad American accents. Oh, uh, whoa. Their, where's that we coming from? We, both of us together would be like, wow, her American accent is very bad. Hmm. So that's kind of my, and then my third wish, I guess, would be like for, uh, for, uh, bottle of water, cup of water. And those would be my three wishes. Those are some really, really, really sad wishes, except for the first one, which is really good, and the third one, which is So we better. learn, we begin this episode, Space to Final Frontier. It's a movie, but go off. We begin the movie with Space to Final, what is a movie but a long episode? Uh, it's it's roughly, it's a 90 minute movie, so it's roughly the length of one Christmas special. <laughs> uh, master, the master is in jail. 
He's on Sc- the Daleks on Scaro. He's on Scaro, which I didn't think that Scaro had like a. He's wait a wait. He's put on trial, which I didn't think the Daleks. They're really in the moment exterminators, from what I've. Yeah, remembered. I was they're also not confused. Like, what what Scaro? Oh yeah. Also, the seventh Doctor blew up Scaro. We saw him do it. We saw all the Daleks die. They're but like, okay. hey, we need to hurry this trial up. Uh, me in my past, your future is about to show up and kill you. <laughs> but they were like. There for the doctor, he's kill on sight. But for the master, they really need to like chew on his crimes and decide what they're going to do with him. And they I have mean, a decided... man found guilty by the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Now that's well, the a fucking freak. Yeah, an absolute psychopath, as Stephen Moffat would say. Yeah, well, we do get to see the master be executed by. Was it by the Daleks? It's on Scaro. I don't think we see a Dalek. They they take away. He says. They they say it so many times in this episode that Time Lords have 13 lives, no more than 13. This is his last life. And then the Daleks say, engage worm mode! Um, which perhaps that's something that all Time Lords can do. I don't know. It's new. new yeah, I lore. look forward to seeing if if the Doctor ever does properly run out of regenerations. I do look forward when to he, seeing him go worm mode. When he gets to they, go worm mode. They put the Master in a standing electric chair and zap him with electricity so hard that he explodes. Who was this Master? Did we see? I don't remember. Did we see his no, face? Okay, or was so this like, did he this have a hood is, on? Or? This is a little behind the scenes stuff. There was an actor cast as the master who was going to be in some like early scenes, but they ended up cutting all of that except for the shot of him being executed. But yes, there. this was someone. I didn't write his name down. Um, and then I was oh. so fucking excited when it said Sylvester McCoy and we see him. I was <laughs> yes. like, yes. Um. So the master, his final request is for the doctor to take his remains to Gallifrey, which is going to be a thing in a second. But I do want to say two things. Number one, I listened to the off-menu podcast episode with the man who plays the 12th doctor and learned that we've been saying his name wrong. Okay, okay. To be fair, they have English accents and we don't. No, I literally found a video of him at like a like a panel at some oh. sort of convention telling everyone how to say his name. So we do have to apologize to Peter Capaldi. Sounds wrong. It's... No one corrected us, so I guess no one else knew either. Everyone else says Peter Capaldi as well. Okay, Peter. Uh, thing Capaldi. number two, uh, there were some interesting casting notes. Apparently, Christopher Eccleman and we're never going to correct that, and Peter <laughs> Capaldi. We're both, they both invited to audition for this audition role, for I the don't doctor. Think, I don't think either of them agreed to do it. No, Eccleston said that he didn't want to be, like, tied to a brand at that point in his career. And he would say a similar thing later. <laughs> Continue to say uh, that. And Capaldi said... I will uh, never play the doctor. Well, he just said, like, I don't think I have a shot, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah, he didn't... He wasn't freaked out and old enough to play the doctor yet <laughs> but in a very different version yeah at the time character. he was like the doctor's always an old man i'm not an old man yet i could peter never capaldi is like 65 he's not even that old he's a hundred thousand years old peter capaldi is only a little bit older than our parents he was in the time thing for 10 billion years <laughs> he's he's one of the younger people to play that's not true uh i was gonna say he's so, one of the younger people to play the doctor so That's the movie a- begins with the Doctor taking the Master's remains to Gallifrey, I, or or so he thinks. We need to talk about the TARDIS. I don't know yeah, what- at some point between at, the at final point, aired episode and the movie- He, like, turned his, his TARDIS into, like, a fucking chateau, 
some sort of mystical uh, castle keep. It's got uh, a bit of an occult vibe. It's all like wooden. There's like a like, huge library and tons of candles, which are things that you usually want to keep together. He's gone wizard mode is what it is. It's a bit wizardly. He's a wizard. And and uh, I can't wait to talk about the TARDIS machinery that we'll never ever see or hear about ever again <laughs> uh, later. But yeah, he's got a real castle keep in his wizard tower. Well, you know uh, what else he has? Hmm. In our first sighting of Sylvester McCoy in this movie... He's in a funhouse mirror. Yeah, uh, presumably to sort of symbolize his ever-shifting face. Um, Maybe. Sort of a cinematic language. <laughs> or just to drag out the, like, is it gonna be McCoy? Except they already but put it who, who cares? Who's, what American is watching this movie besides us and clapping to see Sylvester McCoy? Nobody. Nobody. They were all mad uh, that here's it a wasn't fun the fact that I learned. funny scarf, yeah. Uh, the first thing that we see the seventh doctor do in this movie is he puts the master's remains in a little box, which are in a little metal orb into this little wooden chest. And he sonic screwdrivers, the chest to lock it. Uh, apparently when they filmed that, he had the screwdriver upside down and they blurred it out. (laughs) That's pretty good. Movie magic. I, I didn't catch if it was blurred in the version that we saw, but, um, and he then, sits down with some tea and some music. He's writing in his like nine hundred year diary, which I like. That's not and what he's, he's doing. Or he's what is he doing? He's reading a he's book. He's reading the time machine. Oh yeah, he's a time lord. You think he'd be like? He'd be like he. It, if this was any other doctor, if this was like Tenet or Matt Smith, he'd be like, "That's not how it works. That's not how it works." And then he would go, <laughs> and then he would say to his companion, "When I met H.G. Wells." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he doesn't have a companion. We don't know where Ace is. Someone I did uh, enjoy later, uh, the sort of companion of the movie, did accuse him of being a name dropper, which I which I liked. Um, yeah, we we talked about this on a on a Patreon episode that he apparently has been doing that since the third serial yeah. of Doctor Who ever. Um, oh, by the way, us- I can talk about this because we know that Ace doesn't fall into a wood chipper because she invents right. the thing that kills the nasty right. consciousness in, yeah. in the pilot episode. Where'd she go? Uh, I did find out in the never made final season that the Seventh Doctor and Ace would have had. That apparently the conclusion for Ace's story that they were working on was that she was going to go join a Gallifreyan military academy. <laughs> Holy shit. She would have been there when they all put their weapon, when they fire a perfectly doctor-shaped hole in the wall. She would have been there. <laughs> she would have put her weapon down and started clapping or whatever they did. Uh, what a scene that would have been. <laughs> it was already quite a scene. His record starts skipping on the, on the word, word time. time. It's it. pretty cool. And then the, the chest that he put the master in starts to crack open. And it his tea like flies into the air, the chest breaks open, and some slime gloops out of it and it's crawls around on slimy, the floor. It's a little slimy worm, and slime lovers rejoice. <laughs> so true. Um, and I did. And then and then the it gets in the TARDIS console and it starts fucking up his time machine real bad, and he and he and he tries to fix it up, and then we see something called a timing malfunction. Which continues, uh, which, hmm? Like a car? Oh, a yeah, timing. it's like a car, like a timing belt. All cars are time machines that can travel at one second per second. Um, Unless they're going fast. What, like near light speed? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he had, or the TARDIS, rather, initiates an emergency landing, and the doctor looks over at the broken chest and says, uh-oh, and we go to 
Chinatown in San Francisco in 1999, uh, which was three years in the future from when the movie came out, as a reminder. And, uh, and we get a we get a glimpse of the the uh, the San Francisco street gangs on their quest to find and kill Markiplier. Um, <laughs> there's like I was so I was so like surprised when because I thought this was going to be like the plot of the movie. These three dudes are like running away and there's a car chasing them. And I was like, oh, who are these yeah. guys? And then it's I just, thought it was going to turn out that the master was driving the car. Uh-huh. Which I then thought then, about it a minute later and was like, wait, no, he's a worm. And then, don't be mean to him. He's trying. Well, he's a worm right now. Missy's trying to fix herself in the. In he's the a vaults. worm right now. Peter Capaldi's got a Voltigar, or whatever we thought he was saying. And <laughs> he's, he's got a Voltigar. Voltigar. Uh, so, so these guys like stop at a fence, and the car is chasing them, and then they, it's just shooting. They're all shooting each other. They're firing their their weapons. Yeah, they they get ambushed by like twenty gun guys who start shooting at them, and one of the three guys who is being shooted at is cornered he's got his back to the wall but then the tardis appears in front of him and then the doctor steps out and and he just gets fucking shot in the chest and i said oh my god this is how sylvester mccoy dies you fucking wish you wish that's how sylvester mccoy died my ass off at the doctor he walks out and he's like, eh, what <laughs> It's a real, like, uh, Godfather moment or something. He just, like, steps out and just gets blasted. Um, and then well, they... well, well, if it did... <laughs> oh, I've been blown to bits. Brap! He says, yeah. rolling his arms. <laughs> they, they shoot him in the chest. He falls over. He's not dead yet, but he's he's very, very hurt. They actually and don't. Sh- they sh- he gets shot. We learn later he gets shot in the shoulder and the legs. Uh, his, what? His, yeah. His bullet when did they was, say that? They say that when they're pulling the bullets out. They're saying he, nothing vital is hit. He got shot in the shoulder and the legs. Um, but are you sure that they're not saying he got shot in the shoulder because they are assuming that his heart is where a normal heart is? No, they're saying his bullet, his his gunshot wounds are non life threatening. They did not. Why did they any... murder him? <laughs> uh, that's the beautiful beauty of the scene is that they murdered him doing exploratory heart surgery because they couldn't figure out what was up with him. the bullets. Uh. The gunshot wounds were non life threatening. They got the bullets out immediately. And then they, they said, were like, what's... we'll fix that. Yeah, and then they were like, what's up with his heart? We'll talk about it later. Um, okay, so uh, they all drive off in a getaway car. Uh, <laughs> Unaware of and... the caliber of, uh, of what they have just done. The doctor calls over the guy who you was there, cornered. boy. <laughs> Here's a quick question. Mm-hmm. He had his, like, two friends. Did they die, or did they just run away and not appear again after this? They got shot out of the movie. Whether they not say survived, I'm <laughs> not lethally. Sure. Uh, this character who is here, his name is Chang Lee. Um, he's... Yeah, we we will find out an hour from now. Yeah, he, we see his name badge that says Chang Lee, professional ruffian. Um, and then uh, he, the doctor's like, I need you to find the slime. There's slime. Well, he lo- he points over at the TARDIS, and there's slime glooping out of the out of the keyhole, and he's like, "You have to stop the slime." Stop and the, the guy's slime, like, "What boy. slime?" And then, um, and then he calls an ambulance, and uh, and for some reason, I'm not a hundred percent sure why. Um, he decides that he is going to pretend he knows the doctor and ride with him. I guess to yeah, steal I was kind of confused about that. He was like, "I gotta get out of here before the ambulance gets here." Actually, I won't. I'm gonna get on the ambulance. I'm gonna, and then uh, they're like, 
who, what's this guy's name? This John Doe. And he says, oh, his name is John Smith. It's like the Doctor Who. I wasn't sure if that was where that originated from, so I looked it up and it's not. No. He's been uh, this John. is also, we learned that it's December 30th, if anyone cares. It's, it's almost Year's. the year 2000. And there's an EMT in the ambulance, by the way, played by Eric Roberts. That's interesting. I who thought is, someone else was played by Eric Roberts in this movie. Who is Eric, Ro- who is Eric Roberts? Is he in he's anything? An is he? Well, yeah, no, he's not. A re- he's a real man, but like, he's uh, a- I talked about this last week. He's the doctor from Stalked by My Doctor. He's also in. Um... What's Eric Roberts in? No, his name is Eric Roberts, not Eric Roberts. He's Falcone in The Dark Knight. Oh, Batman's hanging me upside down. Oh shit! He's Julia Roberts' brother. Oh fuck! I'm getting right. hanged upside down by the bat. So they take him to the hospital, and when when they're all out of the ambulance, we see the goo has climbed into the ambulance and climbed into and his jacket, slithers into yeah, oh, yeah, uh, to to Doctor EMT's Bruce empty jacket. Bruce, his name is Bruce. Yes, Bruce is the name of the EMT. Uh, Bruce. So Masterson. the doctor is taken inside. An unfortunate thing about this movie in terms of talking about it is that there's a lot of doctors in it. There are many doctors, but there's only one who is the doctor. So Um, the medical doctors are looking at his x-rays and they're like, two hearts? What the heck? And another medical doctor is like, ah, just a double exposure. They decide that they're going to need to call in a cardiologist whose name is Grace. And she is one of the major characters of the movie. And this is where we introduce one of the most completely bonkers plot points of this movie, which is Grace's boyfriend. So it's Grace, a background plot point, but it's absolutely it's, it's at the foreground of your brain. Yeah. Uh, so Grace is uh, on call tonight, but she's uh, taking in an opera with her boyfriend Brian. Which I will say that seems like a mistake to me. I you're agree. A doctor if on you're call, on call. Though I don't maybe know what it's like. Maybe go to the opera another night. Though I don't know what it's like to be. Maybe this is a one night only Madame Butterfly, um, starring all of the famous actors throughout history who have time traveled to be here one night. So you're not going to miss that. Editing Sam here. I just wanted to apologize in advance for what's about to happen, where I was inexplicably so, 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 so sure that the character of Grace was played by Gillian Anderson from The X-Files when she was actually played by Daphne Ashbrook. Oops. Oh, this actress is someone. Isn't she, like, the lady from The X-Files? She's, like, the lady from The X-Men or something. Um, I'm just gonna lie and say that it's def- different uh, people who play her. This is the woman who plays Beverly Crusher on Star Trek. Gillian Anderson. This is the woman who plays, um, this is the woman from, uh, from The X-Files for sure. Dana Scully, Gillian Anderson is the actress's name. This is, that is Grace in this movie. I believe this is the person who played Laura Palmer on Twin Peaks. Stop lying. <laughs> She's crying because the opera's so good. And then she gets a page that says, guy with two hearts, question mark. And then she's like, <laughs> you up? and then she's like, sorry, Brian, I gotta go. And he says, I will. <laughs> sorry, I have to go. Some guy has two hearts at the hospital. <laughs> he says, I will never forgive you. Yes, so she gets to the hospital, she's still in her fancy dress from the opera, as they catch her up on the weird heart situation. There's a guy who's been shot, we've taken the bullets out, he's totally fine, but his heart's being weird. Can you please kill him for us? And as she's, like, scrubbing up, someone, like, holds a phone to her ear, and we don't hear what is being said on the other side of it, but presumably it is the following... Hey, it's me, your boyfriend. I can't believe you bailed on our date because because you're on call dying. and a guy was dying of a gunshot wound. 
I'm leaving, I'm and I'm also doing okay. something else that we'll talk about later. <laughs> this is like the fucking B-movie boyfriend, I swear to God. this is That's this the guy's... first and last straw. They didn't show Brian because he, they couldn't show him because he's p- played by Patrick Warburton. Um, we, we did see Brian. Did we see Brian? We and saw him was... at the opera. Oh, and he was played by Patrick Warburton. <laughs> sure. From the X-Files. And, and yeah. For the... <laughs> so uh, she gets suited up for surgery, and uh, and she's listening to opera. Uh, and they're trying to put the doctor under, and he keeps resisting, and he's like, he's like, ah, Puccini, Madame Butterfly, my good friend Puccini, I bet you, I bet you don't know how he died, I do, I was well, there. Well, he, he's saying this, but he's saying it in, like, a frantic way. Puccini, my good... friend Puccini. Well, he, because he sees that she's holding a scalpel don't above stab him, me. and he's like, don't do it, please. He he's says like, he's not, not human. I need a beryllium atomic, atomic clock. An atomic clock. Uh, they put him under, but he immediately sits back up and says, "Timing malfunction. The master, he's out." They they subdue him, and Grace is doing some probing with a little camera in his okay, heart. Okay, okay. I can't stress enough. I need to get this across to our listeners. Okay, okay, okay. Before they I apparently call, missed this. Before they call the cardiologist, they have extracted the bullets. He is fine. He is recovered. He is not going to die from his gunshot wounds. They find the x-ray with the two hearts, and they say he's got, like, some... His heartbeat is irregular, because he's got four hearts. Or, no. He's got four beats. He's got two hearts, four beats. You're thinking of how he has four balls. He has four balls, also. So his heartbeat is weird, and they're like, we can't figure out what's going on with this dude's heartbeat. We need to call in a cardiologist. She comes in, they put him under, and she puts the probe into his heart, where she thinks it's not where his heart is, because it's on the other side of his chest... Piercing one of his other hearts and killing him, and that's how he dies. Okay. He dies because they did exploratory heart surgery to figure out why his heart's beating all weird, and then they kill him because they accidentally punctured his heart with a probe. Okay. And that's that how he does dies. make more sense. Yeah, he starts like, because yeah, she's like looking at the screen and she's like, I, this doesn't make sense. Why I, am this I here? shouldn't be where I am. I'm, I feel like I'm lost in this guy's heart, which is very romantic. And he starts like kicking and thrashing. And yeah, the probe snaps off inside of his heart and he starts flatlining. There's a, a brief cut to some people. It's like the hospital director and some like big wigs of some kind observing from from upstairs. This is our pride and, he's and joy. Like, Let's not look at it. Let's not look at that. Um, so and- Grace is furious after he dies, and the doctor dies. Yeah, he- she's like, I need to see those X-rays. Like, what? By the way, what did you not show me? By the way, I was curious about this. Why does it take him several hours to regenerate? And according to internet, the TARDIS... No, they say it in the movie. Oh, did they say the TARDIS helps him regenerate, and he's so far away from it that it takes him a long time. Oh, that's not... He says in the movie that his regeneration was inhibited by the uh, anesthetic that they put him on. Oh. Yeah, which is fine. So she's looking at the x-rays, and she's like, you didn't think this was necessary to show me? Um, I just jammed a piece of metal into this guy's heart because you didn't feel like showing me that there was a heart there. Uh, and then, um, and then we see Chang uh, Chang Lee. He's here. He's like, "Is my good friend Mr. Smith okay?" Th- this is so funny. She's like, "I'm afraid he didn't make it." And he's like, "Oh man. Well, I'll tell his family. Are these his things? I'll take them." <laughs> okay, I need to talk about the bag with this thing. Um, this is a relevant plot point for the rest of the movie. 
is that um, the doctor's quote unquote things are in a paper bag that Chang Lee has, mm-hmm. including his sonic screwdriver. And then um, also the key to the TARDIS. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's all we know that's in that bag. I don't know what else is in there. And I don't no, know. He what goes he- through it. What else is in there? Jelly babies, probably? I think there were jelly babies. There was a, a yo-yo that I think I've heard he has. Oh, yeah, his famous yo-yo. And um, a, a pocket watch. The uh, So yeah, you know he's they, a time traveler. So you know, and then also, like, the cremated remains of every one of his companions up to Ace. Yeah, and a, and a pocket wood chipper. Here lies Jamie, here lies Zoe, here lies... And then just a big it, sack of slime. In his big, in his big wizard's tower, he's got a huge fucking graveyard that goes all the way, like, like it's like this whole sprawling complex of graves of all of his companions that he's Aww, uh, personally, nice. personally killed. Here lies, uh, Nissa. Here lies, uh, Vizlor Turlo. Here lies Susan, Barbara, Ian. All of them. Rest in peace. Even the ones that so got Grace away. So Grace realizes that this guy is full of shit and this is not the dead guy's And friend. then he just so runs she, away. She tries to, like, take the bag of stuff back from him, but he runs away and she can't catch him because she's in a big dress. Yeah. We then cut to a woman who we will learn momentarily is the EMT Bruce's wife. And it's 12.45 in the morning on December 31st now. She can't sleep because Bruce is snoring so loud. I did have a brief moment where I thought this would be a major character because she has a space-themed clock, uh, which seems like a weird thing for an adult to have. She's dreams of, she dreams of the stars. I was surprised that, uh, from the way Bruce was snoring, I was surprised that she didn't just murder this man in his sleep. That's messed up. Well, uh, and we pan over not- to see his EMT jacket from earlier on a chair and some slimes slithers out what okay it, we, it, hold it on turns we, into a snake and we, hisses at the camera he hisses at the camera really scary i go ah we need to talk about this slime thing is this a time lord power or is this a master power is fuck this, if i know is this when all time lords die if if they hadn't crawled if out they don't get put into the matrix rassilon hadn't descended from the heavens and shot one billion regenerations of time lord juice at at uh, old matt smith he would have become a would snake. Would we have seen fucking Jodie Whittaker? I still don't know what happens to her when she gets shot and then is botched heart surgery is performed on her. Would she have turned into a goose, scary goose snake that has when one Jody more Whittaker shot? When Jodie Whittaker slips on a banana peel and her head falls off, she would have turned into a slithering goose <laughs> snake if Rassilon hadn't showed up again and given her one last little puff of gold no, dust. No, he gave, he, gave, he gave all the gold dust that you would ever need to be there for well i was gonna say for a billion years but we learned that only one regeneration was needed for that um because peter capaldi was just sitting there for a billion was it a billion years or was it it was like eight billion years or something? it was somewhere between five million and ten billion years i think he was really he really got good at doing those crossword puzzles my point being that when they get tired of making doctor who and they say okay for real the curator Tom Baker curator finally dies and then he turns into a big evil scary snake and then he's like, just kidding, fuckers. <laughs> this is why they have to put them in the Matrix. This is what goes into they the gotta Matrix. Stop the slime they gotta, yeah, because no matter how virtuous or good a Time Lord is, they always turn into a scary evil snake that slithers into people and tries to take their bodies when they die. So they gotta put them in the Matrix. So we then go to the morgue, and there's a couple pathologists here talking about their New Year's plans. They are uh, really, they are really goofing around with this dead body. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what he's doing, uh, Pete, we will find out is his name. Pete 
is like, he's like, oh, hello, sir. Welcome to our sauna, Mr. Uh, Doe. We have a lovely autopsy booked for you in the morning. Uh, and then he looks at the clock and sees that it's New Year's Eve, 1 a.m., and he screams into the doctor's face, Party on! <laughs> Which is nuts. We I need to say um, that one of the two uh, pathologists is like, what are your plans? Oh, I'm going to the news party. I'm going as Wild Bill Hickok. This will be important later. Um, yeah, we see his Wild Bill Hickok costume, and the doctor steals it and makes it his costume. Oh, again, I completely missed this plot point. Uh, so Wait. then... Oh my god, I just... This movie is crazy. This movie is bonked, yeah. Um, so then we see... <laughs> then we see evil... We're back in the bedroom Hey, with there's Bruce. a slime snake slithering around in Bruce's room, and he's snoring with his mouth wide open. I wonder what's... Oh. This, made me think about, this made me think about Attack of the Clones with the, with the assassination worms. So if only Obi-Wan and Anakin had burst through the door and cut, this, cut the master up with uh, their lightsabers. Only. Problem solved. Uh, so we go back to the morgue where the guy... I Pete love this is... dude. This dude has fucking movie choice premonition. He is watching Frankenstein. He's not just watching Frankenstein. He is watching Frankenstein It's Alive.mp3 on his TV. MP4. MP4. He's listening to it. Um, he's watching Frankenstein It's Alive scene... He's eating popcorn and also sometimes throwing popcorn at the TV. He's eating popcorn in the morgue, which I don't think is a great place to eat popcorn, like, hygienically. Well, he's in the office part. Mm, Um, And in the, we see, (laughs) I like this part, we see the regeneration happen, and we see, they said, okay, Mr. McCoy, can you make some funny faces? Can you make some silly faces for us, please? Like, a lot of them very fast. And and then they they smear them around with CGI. And then Paul McGann gets up and he says, aha, it's me. The beginning yeah, of an I, era. I love that they, I really like this scene. I like that they synced it up with Frankenstein. We're cutting back and forth between Frankenstein's monster's fingers twitching and then the doctor's fingers twitching and he sits up as Paul McGann. And it's, it's, an, inspired, it's an inspired scene. And then the and doctor you know, there's, starts. There's something that we know about Time Lords, which is mm. that when they regenerate, nut, they get, <laughs> they get I, buff. I forgot about our whole regeneration is nutting thing, or it was that you can shoot gold out of you at will, and it feels really good, was what it was. When they regenerate, this is a fact, this is from Christmas Invasion and maybe other episodes. They get They strong. are gigantic. And Pete hears a thumping noise from the morgue refrigerator, and he goes to see what's up, and we see the big heavy metal door getting punched open with, like, giant dents in it. And then, and then Pete faints when he sees the body get out of the morgue, and it's a different guy. It's a different guy. And then uh, we, yeah, and then, uh, and then, uh, a woman, like, the lady from Frankenstein, who I think was played by, uh, who's the actor who plays Grace in this, Sam? Help me do this joke. Dana Scully. Dana Scully plays her. Dana Scully from the X-Files, who is the actress who plays the woman in Frankenstein, says, Ah, a scary monster who looks like Paul McGann! And he goes, oh, oh. <laughs> ah, British guy. Ah, gross. Uh, and then he just like walks out of the morgue. It is, it is his morgue blanket that they give you to keep the dead bodies warm. Like morgue. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, uh, and he's just like shuffling through the hospital. He's, he's kind of humming his, to himself. He's still got his toe tag on. 
yeah. which I enjoyed. Um, yeah. Also, uh, this doctor has amnesia. I should say he doesn't know. Yes, and we we will we will understand later that that was just sort of an effect of him being dead for as long as he was. I was very confused at this scene when he walks down the hallway and goes into like the locker room, but it's all smashed up for no reason. Yeah, he's in like the scary Batman locker room. Like, I was very I was like, did he wander into like an abandoned well, hospital? This is this is in the near future of 1999, where the world has really gone to shit. <laughs> and all guess. locker rooms are filled with steaming like broken pipes, pipes and like broke, spilling yeah. water all over the floor. <laughs> and then, but uh, also the lockers are apparently still in use in this locker room because yeah, it's where people are keeping their their Halloween costume or their uh co- their he then, New Year's Eve costume party costumes, whatever. He then looks at his reflection and he screams, "Who am I?" I yeah, I didn't realize yet that he has amnesia. So I was just like, ah, uh, the Eighth Doctor is very dramatic about regenerating. <laughs> <laughs> Not these ears! Oh my god, I forgot about that! Um, so we then get, like, a ridiculous, like, super fast back and forth, like, cutting between him and Bruce, who has been mastered. Uh, and then, yeah, we get a scene where okay, the Doctor is going through the for, lockers. He's looking for threats. First he opens a, a, a locker with a big... The fourth Doctor scarf, and he says, "Uh, uh, uh, nice try." Um, not this, not not this one. And then he opens one with a scary Nixon mask. Um, and I, I was thinking about, it, I think you should leave. When I saw that, um, I said that exists on Earth. And then he sees the fancy boy jacket and the the pistol, the the revolver, and it's the Wild Bill Hickok costume. And he says, "I totally missed that." This will be my brand, he says. And then he takes the cowboy That's hat so off funny. and he puts it away. And there will never be a doctor who wears a cowboy hat. Oh, you're right. He did look at the hat and he was like, mm, "No, no, I, yeah, you're right." I forgot. He says, about that. "I will never wear a Stetson." Um, and so then Lee is going through the stuff. This is where he finds the sonic screwdriver, the yo-yo, the pocket watch, and the TARDIS key. Uh, and now we get one of the wildest scenes in the movie. It's a, you know, it's something. a really good thing the Doctor didn't have a companion girlfriend at the time, or she would have had the TARDIS key. Yeah. <laughs> Remember so that? So Bruce's wife wakes up. Yeah. And she finds her dear husband I'm standing, staring out the window into the rain, and he mumbles to himself, This body won't last long. I need the Doctor's body. Oh, I'm horny for my husband now, she says. And... She smiles and says, a sense of humor. and I quote, <laughs> yeah. wow, a sense of humor and no more snoring? I must you take don't need the a doctor. Come back to bed, honey. I must take the body of the doctor. I must escape the bounds of this flesh. She's like, damn, this is really working so for me. So funny. This and he funny. says, my name is not Honey. And she says, she, she like starts rubbing up on him. She's oh, so she's... into it. And he's, she's like, what would you like me to call you then? And he says, master will do. Oh, and damn. she says, we'll come back to bed then, master. Then like she, she t- has, she's so into it. This is so working for her that she's like, yeah, I guess I'll call my husband master. Yeah. She's enjoying this sort of, she's like living her 50 shades of gray fantasies right now. And then oh, he crap. turns around and then the part that doesn't happen in 50 shades of gray she says, uh, she says, Mr. Gray will see you now. And then he turns around and he's got scary green, green eyes. <laughs> ah! And yeah, we don't see what happens here, but he, he kills her in some way. He seemingly chokes her to death or maybe snaps her neck. Um, and then, uh, Dr. Grace yeah. meets with Pete, the pathologist at the morgue to find out what happened to the body. Yeah, he just and got he up says, and walked out. 
He says, you're not going to believe this, but he walked out of the refrigerator with a different face. And she says, that, no. No. And then, uh, and then she does walk right past the, uh, the shoeless man with the toe tag on. Yes, although now he's wearing a... He's wearing a fancy suit. <laughs> a fancy outlaw costume. Yeah, he's wearing a fancy cowboy costume, just like the Cowboys so, wore. The doctor is very disoriented. He overhears... As, again, he ha- he doesn't remember who he is or why he's here, but he hears Grace uh, talking about, like, oh, some creep stole the body. Uh, she says something about... I don't remember. It doesn't matter. She uses the word time in a conversation. And he's like, time, time. What is time? (laughs) He sees a clock on the wall and remembers all the Uh. clocks on his TARDIS. And she gets called into the director's office. This scene is so, like, nothing to me. Like, uh, yeah, uh, it's just the hospital director who we saw earlier when he watched uh, Grace kill a man uh, with her own two hands on purpose. um, Say you're our best cardiologist. Nobody needs to know. This was a random John Doe um, who had a weird fucked up x-ray and then he burns the x-ray and puts it in the trash. Well, I think part of the issue is that they took this x-ray and saw two hearts and they didn't bother like checking again, doing another x-ray. They didn't bother trying to, they didn't bother trying to stick a fucking stethoscope against one of those things. Right. They they just completely ignored it. They're like, nah. Nah. And then they had someone put a probe and then directly they kill, into and then his they heart killed and kill the man. Um, and then she... So he she, burns the x-ray. And then she quits. And he says, also the body is missing, which is great, because no one can do an autopsy on it. So that really worked out for us. And yeah, she, she says, okay, I'm out of here. I quit if it's going to be like this. So she's um, carrying a box of their stuff uh, to uh, the elevator. Uh, the doctor's in there also. And then he says a very normal thing for a stranger to say in the elevator to you, which is Regina, easy. I've met you before. You're tired of life, but afraid of dying. Ah, what a mood. Uh, and then, uh, and then she's like, huh? He says, no, it's no. It's such a funny, her, the way that she just like quickly walks to her car through the parking garage, just refusing to make eye contact. He's like, no, no, like, no. Madam you, Butterfly, you, I, I heard Madam Butterfly. You killed me. She's like, nope, 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 nope. Hey, she's like, you're a doctor. You're a doctor. You got to help me. You got to help me get a clock. Brilliant atomic clock. And she's like, nope. And she just puts her stuff in the trunk and she gets in her car and she doesn't see him anymore. And she's like, okay, I guess he's gone. And he and is in the back seat. He's and about he goes, to. He's my heart. And then my heart. Okay, this is one of the moments where this movie gets nasty. Is when he pulls the probe out of himself. Yeah, and he he pulls it. I don't know why they left it in, but they did. And he pulls it out of his chest, and he's like, "You got to get me out of here. They'll kill me again." <laughs> is this a? This is like the doctor gets a, a lifelong fear of surgeons because of this. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she's like, well, I mean, I don't want to believe it, but everything is starting to point toward this being the dead guy. So she drives away with him in her car. Uh, then Bruce arrives oh, at the hospital. Oh, this scene is so fucking gross, dude. <laughs> He's wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses and a Terminator costume. Uh-huh. And he walks up to the, the Had- nurse at reception and she's like, oh, what's with the sunglasses, Bruce? And he I goes, had I had a bad night. <laughs> And he says, I have, I have orders to move the gunshot victim. And she says... Oh, he died. Oh, he died. And then and this says, motherfucker, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he peels off his fingernail <laughs> and flicks it aside. 
I, it's the one form of body horror I just absolutely no go on is nail stuff. And it just, I've been like, about it for like three days now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have a really hard time with that. I think in a, in the Death Stranding trailer. Oh, don't talk about it. No, 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 no. Don't talk about it. Yeah. No that gave stuff. me a really hard time. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah. Then she's like, the body's gone. Uh, it's been stolen. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then oh, this is a weird moment. He says, where are his things? As, as, the reason that he pulled off his nail is because... He's like, his body's body, like falling apart. Yeah, it's not gonna last. Whatever he's done to it to be able to control it. This is the master, in case anyone wasn't clear. Yeah, it's the master. He went <laughs> wormy mode. Being weird. He went wormy mode, like presumably all Time Lords will do when they hit their 13th life. Don't, don't at me. This That's is right. my this uh, is my truth. This is my fiction. I don't want to hear so, I don't want to hear about the fucking audio drama released in 2002. Yeah, don't spoil it. We're going to get to it in 500 yeah, episodes. The master goes wormy mode where we find out that the master this master got worm surgery just in case the Daleks took away his lives. So I mean it would be called the worm of Gallifrey, but The anyway. worm of Gallifrey, yeah, whatever. I don't want to hear so, it. I want to hear it from So he people. asks, "Where are the man's things?" and she says, "The kid who brought the who brought him in ran away with them and he goes the asian child and then she's like oh i love that's so sick of you and he says thank you i'm a real sicko he's he's being extremely joking okay oh my god and now we get a payoff for the greatest the greatest this boyfriend is in my favorite history. thing i've ever seen <laughs> because she Carries her box of stuff into the house. She arrives at her... I mean, I know she's a cardiologist. She arrives at a home that would probably nowadays be worth, like, $20 million. It's a nice house. It's a nice house in San Francisco. You know, you know it will kind of decrease the value of it. Uh, the furniture... What's the furniture situation like? Well, uh, Brian took it. How did he do that? She... She had to run... From their date. He had a date Because so she bad. was on call and a guy was at the hospital who had a heart issue and might die. And he was so mad that he cussed her out over the phone and then cleared out their home of furniture and possessions. He took the fucking couch. He like, took the couch. This he, man is one of the all-time sickos. This is this is a this is a sicko of the ages. And this and the th- sad thing is he's like a fucking like a passing ship in the night. He will never be seen again. We will never learn more about Brian except he was so mad that she left their opera date that he burgled her home. If if this movie was set now, this guy would be the main character of the internet for two days. <laughs> Everyone would be posting about Couch Brian. Well, yeah, couch, couch Guy Brian. And then yeah. three days later, no one would ever talk about it. But still, two days he would be the main two character. Two days he would be. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot. That's, I mean, that that's more than being dad, I think. Being dad was only one day. But yeah, this part where she's like, all right, well, sit down so that I can listen to your heart. And he says, hearts. And she hearts. says... Right. He took the sofa. <laughs> How did he and do that? He's a mean man. He's and very the strong. Doctor, the doctor might not remember who he is, but he also does remember who he is most important of all. Because he looks around at some of the art that Brian didn't take. <laughs> ah, and immediately starts name dropping. And he's like, ah, a Da Vinci. He had a cold when he did that one. And then he looks at her Madame Butterfly CD and goes... <gasps> Pachini, I was with him when he died, <laughs> or before never, he died. Never, he didn't. Never. Him. The doctor has a, a a note in his pocket that says, "Never forget who you are." From Sir Isaac Newton. 
He has memento tattoos of all the people that he's known. Mary. He looks in the mirror and sees something that says, You and Da Vinci were best friends and he had a cold. <laughs> a chew. Did he have a cold when he painted three Mona Lisas, Doctor? <laughs> Six Mona Lisas. Six Mona Lisas. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Rent, rent free, Sam. Forever. <laughs> so she realizes, okay, this guy, I'm, I'm listening to his heart. And I'm also listening to his other heart. What is going on? Who are you? This is where he starts to kind of realize some stuff. He says, the anesthetic kept me dead for too long. It slowed the regeneration. I have 13 lives. Time travel exists. And she she gets really pissed off. And she says, time travel, come on. Don't talk to me like a child. And he says, well, you say that, but you're a doctor. Is there anything more childish than the dream of holding back death? And then he's like, yeah. Yeah. What? And then he's like, don't be sad. You'll do great things. Don't be sad. Doctor Who 1996 would be directed by Jeffrey Sachs. You'll do great things. Just none of them will exist <laughs> there's in books weird, or audio dramas because there's, a, there's some rights issues. So they're not allowed to write about you. There's a weird thing about this where it kind of feels like the doctor has like foreknowledge of her life specifically, but he knows everything. Right. Exactly. This is a, the doctor knows everything kind of thing. Which well, is, I guess he says you'll go on to do great things. So maybe he means like you will revolutionize some science thing with hearts and you will be notable enough that you're on my radar. She knows, he knows about the guy who like solved earthquakes forever or whatever it was. Yeah. Which is a, a pretty fair thing to know. So I see you've written in your notes the guy from earlier. Presumably you don't, you still don't know his name is, is Chang Li. We don't get his name until this scene. Uh, he goes to the TARDIS, he unlocks it with the weird key. Uh, there's a funny shot where he walks in and we just kind of look at him looking at the TARDIS and he just immediately walks back out. Um, he does the usual thing, walking around it and going, what the heck, it's bigger, it's on, bigger the on the inside. He doesn't say it. No. Restraint. Um... And he looks around inside the TARDIS, and the Master is already here. And he says, oh, you're the EMT, Bruce. How does he remember this guy's name? They're buddies. We didn't even get his name in that scene. Chang Li never forgets a face. But the Master, who I guess has Bruce's brain, so I guess he would know this if if this guy knows him. He says, ah, you're Chang Li. Uh... And Lee, he kind of, like, leans against a wall and the TARDIS, like, wakes up and the Master says... Oh, the Master reveals to him, I'm not I'm, Bruce, yeah, I'm I mean, just inside of his body. Yeah, and he's like, come here, I gotta tell you something. Uh, so he's, like, he's basically weaving a web of lies to uh, ensnare Chang Lee. Um, also, apparently, if he looks at you with his green snake eyes, he mind-controls you. But later, he mind-controls Grace really good. He's not really mind-controlling Chang Li that good, because Chang Li, he just tricked Chang with his life. I guess, you know, he'll have lightning powers later. I guess he just can do this stuff. He can do the, he, this. He's is, just a he super does villain the, of he the does soul, this shit, yeah. <laughs> and he says, you're gonna help me get my body back if you want to live. Yes. I do so like later- he tells I, Lee uh-huh. that- Oh, what's in it for me? Is says, his. Yes. That the body that that man has is his. All the lives that that man has are his. He stole everything from me. He's a bad guy. Later we'll... No, I'll hold off. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to say that... Looking that at... Wait, I want, I want to say one thing, which is like... Okay. Is like... He's going to keep insisting the Doctor is very bad man and he's very evil and he's the good guy and the Doctor took his body and his ship and everything. Um, so we gotta stop this evil guy. And then, mm-hmm. and then Shang-Li's like, well, what's in it for me? And then he says, I'll, I'll kill you if you don't help me. 
okay. <laughs> this is a bad, bad guy. Also, I'm going to kill you if you don't help me. Thank you. Well, I will say, for what it's worth, he doesn't say, I'll kill you. He you says, you will get to live. So Not maybe, a lot better. Maybe, maybe it's he's in, he's trying to make it sound like the doctor. He will did kill a him. very bad job at it. Grace is looking at a microscope, and I can't figure out. There's no follow up on this. No. What is she looking at? His blood, I guess. Oh, but wait, doesn't good. he literally say that's not blood? It's time. It's snake juice. I don't know what this is. And then it, she puts it, on, it never comes up again. She, he puts on Brian's shoes and they fit so we don't have to Yeah, I'm shocked anymore. that Brian left his shoes. One memento for, for Grace to left anything. Um, and then, uh, and then they go outside, um, and they go for like a walk. And he's like, ah, I remember Gallifrey. I remember. He he's doesn't like, mention- oh, I, I remember going for a walk with he's my got father a, on a warm Gallifreyan night. He's hopped up on regeneration energy. Yeah, and he 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 gets like kind of kind of manic. Uh, he's like, a meteor storm. The sky was dancing with light. Yes, these shoes fit perfectly. Now we go into um. It's no, we're, we're not the in the we're not in the Italy. we're not in the intersectum yet. We'll be there in a moment. Very this is soon. where this is where the doctor or where the master weaves his web of lies about this is the most evil man. Um, he took my body. They have multiple lives. Um, he stole this, them from me. And hey, remember Genghis Khan? That was him. And then uh, Lee is remember like, the guy. Remember uh, Sir Sir Guillaume or whatever who tried to get the Magna Carta unwritten? That was him. <laughs> Remember that, that was, mechanic who pulled his face off? For, that was Sir, him. Sir Gilles. Sir Gilles. Thank you. You don't know Harold Saxon yet, but trust me. That, that will, will be also him. be him. You know Missy? That's Missy. him. <laughs> yeah, um, he says that the doctor is Genghis Khan, and he says... Uh, I love this part where, oh, where he's like, Chang, Chang Li, what, what do you want? And he says, well, first of all, I think a season... A season zero of Doctor Who written by Rusty Davies with Paul McGann would be a good place to start. And he says, aim higher. And he says, a million bucks. No, two million. No, a billion. And he says, what would and that And then Chris Chibnall pokes his head in and says, now you're talking now about you're language. Now you're speaking there were a billion masters. They all had unkillable guns. And the master hands him some sacks. Gold dust. Or gold dust. Which Apparently. Is the we worst don't see g- the contents, the... but Lee looks in them and says, gold dust! He gets one of those souvenir bottles of real gold that's got, <laughs> and he's like, this is, hey kid, this is real gold. <laughs> real gold! And then Idris Elba pokes his head in and says, now you're talking my now language. Now you're speaking my language. When's Idris gonna play the doctor? Never. Um, so he says, well, Idris Elba, he would have to be British to play the doctor. <laughs> is Idris Elba not British? No, he's British. Oh. I thought I'd been, like, deceived beyond deception just now. Now they walk into my favorite Doctor Who room, which I'll be on my on the lookout for forever, which is the TARDIS cloister with the eye of Harmony that uh, <laughs> controls the TARDIS. And also it's got a special staff that only humans can pull out the sword from the stone. This was so weird. He He's like, this is the eye of Harmony. We can use it to find the Doctor if we get it to open. This is the and power source open of it, the TARDIS. You need to pull out the reflector staff and look into the retinal scanner, basically. Basically. But only humans can do this, apparently. Only humans can open it, uh, because he also says that the TARDIS has to like you enough to open it, uh, and Lee is like, well, why can't you look into it if it's your ship? And the Master just grabs him and shoves his face into the light, and the cloister shakes in the eye. Also, opens. when you open the eye, it destroys the Earth, 
apparently. For some, if reason. you open it for too long, um, which he will, this will never come. <laughs> we'll have to. I, this is the part. This is like when we were doing a uh, Hellbent, and I was like, "This fucking Matrix thing they invented. Somebody's gonna p- add us and be like, oh, the everyone knows the Eye of the of Harmony. It's in every but don't, classic don't, serial look, episode. If, it was a first. If Doctor that's the thing. case, don't tell uh, you'll us. Just have to watch the episodes. You fools. We'll see it when we see it. So, Susan, Susan, can you go down there and, and open the eye of harmony for, 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 for me, please? <laughs> yes, Doctor. Let me just grab the reflector Grandfather. staff. Oh, right. I Susan can't open the eye of harmony. It'll just destroy the planet. Uh, so uh, then the Doctor um, somehow opening the eye of harmony helps the Doctor remember and something is happening. And then he- The eye of harmony is very unclear what it can do, but... It seems to reignite his memories, and he fully remembers who he is. He kisses Grace, and she says, kiss me again. At some point, I guess the doctor removed the Eye of Harmony, and he installed the Heart of the TARDIS. I guess so. Uh, He also removed the TARDIS cloister. I love this giant, like, stone temple that the, the TARDIS has in the middle of it. Um, Are you saying that the doctor is a stone temple pilot? He's... Good God, he uh, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, he he uh, it's right there. Um, and then so he kisses. He he's he's doing kissing, and then he goes, "Oh my God, the master is alive, and he's gone wormy mode, and he wants my body." And then because they're looking into the eye of harmony, this is a well-known thing it can do. It um helps you see where the doctor is, and it also destroys the earth if you leave it open. And then uh, Lee is like, "Oh, I know that lady. That's Grace, the doctor who I stole." things yeah the the eye of harmony is showing them a projection of what the doctor is seeing and they then zoom into an image of the doctor's eye and the master looks deep into the doctor's eye on in the projection and has a realization that is a human retinal structure he's the doctor he's half half human on his mother's side this will then i immediately started furiously typing and I said, is the doctor half human? And then it said, immediate retcon. <laughs> People on Reddit were saying that the doctor might have been joking when he said this, which is doesn't the master, ex- no, the doctor it doesn't explain what the master had to say about it. Maybe it was because he was so far from the TARDIS and something, something human, something, something. This is fixed in his next. Well, if regen- we're seeing through his eyes, maybe the projection was showing him Grace's eye. Um, and also, uh, whatever it was that happened to Paul McGann was immediately undone when he turned into the War Doctor, so it doesn't matter anymore. I'll say, though, for whatever it's worth, which is not that much, Arya Stark said in the episode Hellbent that... Yeah, he's the hybrid she, now. She theorized that he might be the hybrid and said maybe half there's human, a reason half, you spend so much time on Earth. Hmm. Half human, half Time Lord. Also, no... We Here's learned- the thing, I don't know that that... I don't think it matters one way or the other, to be honest. I actually don't really give a shit about this. But, um, I mean, we did learn later that the to- the, the, the uh, hybrid was a dangerous, uh, toxic, codependent relationship. So, I don't know. Yeah, which, that. by the way, uh, I think it was Vertigree pointed out on Discord, is something that we said about them in the snowman. Okay, the, okay, the doctor- okay. To be fair, that was in a different way. That was just they they feed off of each other. But other's. we did they, say that they feed off of each, each other, other and they worse. make each other both worse. They elevate each other to new levels of awful. <laughs> the, the hybrid was originally about Clara Oswald Oswin, Osgood Oswin Oswald and uh, Matt Smith Doctor 
grabbing her butt and climbing a ladder in the most annoying way possible. Did he grab her butt? No, she grabbed his butt, I think, or... or Oh, she did. Someone grabbed someone. She pinched him on the ass. And then they climbed a ladder in the most annoying way possible. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think that that wouldn't mean anything, but no, they really did climb a ladder in the most annoying way possible. Okay, but yeah, the the thing with him being half-human, like, I honestly don't care. I I really feel like they just were like, well, it's the movie, it needs to have a big reveal. I know, I I know, and then they're like, we'll explain it more on the Fox show, I'm sure. <laughs> oh boy. So, so he, he's the like, doctor okay. realizes that the master is alive and wants to steal his body. And he and just starts he like starts... ranting at her, and she's getting very off put by him telling her about science and outer space. Yeah, and he's Scar- like, the master, the, the time lord, and... Scarrow, the Daleks. And then there was this the robot, it was, called, it was called Chameleon. It was, it was really scary looking. He also said, God, he also says <laughs> that if the master forces him to look directly into the eye of harmony, it will destroy his soul, leaving his body behind as a vessel. And Grace is just like, I don't need this in my life. I'm right leaving. Now. And then he's like, I need an atomic clock right the fuck now <laughs> to fix my time malfunction. Um, and then or the eye, the eye will destroy yeah. the planet. And then and she, Grace runs back into her house and locks the door. <laughs> she runs into the house, and then yeah, this is this is a. Lee, back on the TARDIS, Lee's like, oh, that's the surgeon. We can go find her. And then the doctor's like, I can prove that something's fucked up by... Oh, she goes to call an ambulance. Uh, to take him to a psychiatrist. We only have until midnight on the turn of the new millennium. How dramatic is that? Because then there's a dramatic countdown. Uh-huh. And then uh, he's it like, itself. I will prove to you that something is wrong. And he just, like, pushes through the glass window because it's all stretchy now because the molecular structure of the planet is being fucked up by the eye It's so good and so sad that this effect looks exactly as good as the trash can in the pilot episode. I think that's great and beautiful. What's your problem here? I just think it's great. It's great. What did I say? You said it was, I think you said it was good and sad. No, I think I just said that it's great. I think you said, I, I, I think what you said is the only thing I think could make Doctor Who better is if they made the budget higher. Was I what I believe. And I believe you said something like that. He just walks through the window and says that uh, the molecular structure of the entire planet is changing already. Uh, the planet will turn inside out in three hours. <laughs> the whole polarity is being reversed as as we speak. He says. And Grace's response to this is to quip into the phone to the person that she has called on nine one one. No, uh, okay, hold on a minute. Hold beds. on a second. Hold on. Hold the fucking phone. She did not call 911. I watched her dial that phone. She pushed way more buttons. She's calling like Oh, the, I guess she called the, the hospital directly. Yeah, she just Yeah, she just called like the special ambulance dispatch taxi service phone number. Maybe when you work at a hospital and you call 911 and they hear your voice, they're like, "Grace, can you use the normal number?" God, uh-huh. This isn't for staff. Do you think that when you call 911, it goes to a hospital? Do you think that's where the phone sends you? No. It doesn't do that. It sends you to Okay. Um and then uh Staff of the overall system. Of the the dispatch people. The 911 operator. She calls the operator like they did on The Secret Life of the American Teenager all the time. And in Planet of Giants. Okay, but one of those was made... One of those was made in the 1960s. I'm just remembering the two things where I've seen a character call the operator. The Planet of Giants serial from Doctor Who (laughs) in the 60s and The Secret Life of the American Teenager in 2009. In 2009, they were calling the operator... I'll never forget it or forgive it. Okay, then the doctor, um, I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be about about him regenerating or the planet no, getting fucked No, he says in up. the last oh, 20 minutes. I've lost 20 pounds. 
Good yeah, job. because gravity's getting weird. And I then we cut Mavity. to the TV where a newswoman is saying, The whole planet's gravitational fluctuations are occurring tonight. It seems that they happen once every thousand years at the turn of the millennium. <laughs> Which is weird that nobody ever mentioned them a thousand years ago. This is such a, like a, uh, uh, I can imagine like Peter Capaldi saying it. Is, <laughs> you don't exactly have to say it with such disdain. With disdain, because he says his name wrong. Um... <laughs> This is like, do you remember? You, you watched you watched Conan back in the day, right? Watched what? Conan O'Brien. Or Conan. Uh, when when he, uh when his producer Jordan Schlansky insists that the actor's name is Ralph Macchio. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. But. I'll send it to you. It's very funny. Um, so Peter Capaldi would be like, "You humans." I can never do. I can't do Peter. You, you human, you humans. This is fucking humans are the worst. Finding patterns where they don't exist. That's what he talks like, right? That was that was just like him, right? (laughs) This is my biggest problem with Doctor Huzz. That I just I don't have the I don't. We can't do the funny voices because they all have just accents that I can't. do. (laughs) That's right. We can't do the regional accents that sound almost exactly the same to me. Yeah. So it's not like Josh voice on on Kylex Y. I can can do that. I can't do do this. No. Oh, I guess you can't do it then. Someone's going to have to give us money and ask me to do it. I do it on request, not. (laughs) So on the news, they mention this is huge for San Francisco. We have the most accurate atomic clock in the world right here in San Francisco. The crowd is gathering. The doctor needed that beryllium atomic clock. Then it just turns out that the world's first beryllium atomic clock was here in San Francisco. Mm, Did he know? The TARDIS probably did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. She knows. She knows what he needs. Clara knows what she's doing. (laughs) What? When, when, when When did Clara become the TARDIS? I decided this quite a while ago, and I don't think you liked it. Oh, that Clara's... The, but we know what happened to Clara. She went off on journeys with Lady Mew. What did she There's become? a lot more Claras where that came from. Oh, this is the... This is like... What season is that? That's like series like 10 or or, or 8 or eight. Not, I think. Eight. That's the one where Clara gets hit by a bird and then goes and travels with Lady B. <laughs> series 7 is hit the Hit by one. a bird is series 9. <laughs> series, that's series 9. So series eight is the one where we learn that Clara became the TARDIS at some point. <laughs> That's right. So I can't wait to find out why Clara got hit by a bird. So the doorbell rings and the and the doctor says, Oh good, the ambulance is here. It can take us straight to the atomic clock. And she opens the door, and who happens to be driving that ambulance? Why, it's Chang Lee with the master hey, in hey, the doctor. back. Do you like my new assistant? The doctor, of course, does not realize that this is the master, so he says, take me to the Institute of whatever, and they're driving in the ambulance, and the doctor, oh yeah, uh, Grace is talking to the EMT, who she does know Bruce, and she's like, oh man, Bruce, this guy, uh, Freud would have a field day if he met him, and the doctor goes, we did meet once, and she says, oh yeah, did you know Madame Curie too? And he says, intimately. Intimately. And then she says, "Oh my oh, god, really? Does she kiss as good as me?" And the master chimes in, "As well as you. he's a real grammar Nazi. This is something we've never known about him." What the fuck? What the fuck? I never knew that I needed the master in sunglasses correcting someone's grammar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, a sudden stop knocks off the master sunglasses, 
And I feel uh, like this might have been a deleted scene to try to get the movie down to an hour and a half because they they cut very briefly to what has happened that has like caused this road blockage, and we just see that there's like chickens walking around. Yeah. It was a it was a chicken mishap, the famous chicken mishap of 1999. Um, really not elaborated on, but that's okay. Yeah, there's a whole like traffic jam, like the the traffic stuffed to a crawl, and there's just chickens walking around everywhere. And then and the master's sunglasses fall off when the ambulance stops, and the doctor catches a glimpse of his green eyes and just grabs the sunglasses away from him and starts spraying him with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> And then he spits goo on Grace, and yeah, and it, it hits starts her, burning her wrist. It hurts uh, her in the they arm. Escape. And, and now we get one of my favorite scene scenes. Of the is movie. one of the best scenes. Okay, so they find a police officer. He's like, "Hey, get back in the vehicle. The chickens are dangerous." And the doctor's like, "He he reaches into his pocket." And the doc and, and the, the cop goes for his, his gun, gun, and Grace says, "Wait, stop! He's British." And then the doctor pulls out a jelly baby, and he's like, "Here, take this jelly baby." And then. Shows him how to eat it. And it's very with a, funny. With a funny little face. <sighs> and then in the... Somehow, the jelly baby is so dis, uh, delicious that it distracts the police officer from the doctor stealing the police officer's gun. Mm-hmm. And then... It's, <laughs> and instead then he of, points it at himself and this says, is, okay, Would this you is, stand aside before I shoot myself? This is some fucking Harry Dubois disco Elysium <laughs> bullshit, is it not? <laughs> Why is he... <laughs> He's like, stop or I'll kill myself. And then the police officer, who who I guess is kind of a real one here, is like, okay, man, no, I don't want that. Here, take my bike. Yeah, we found the good apple. The one good cop. He's like, no, dude, don't kill yourself in front of me, please. And one of the funniest shots I've ever seen in a movie here is when the doctor pulls Grace aside for a little chat keeping the gun pointed at the cop out of focus, holding up his hands in the background. Uh Uh-huh. So funny. And he's like, you need to believe in me, Grace. And she says, give me the gun back, doctor. And she takes the gun back, and the cop is like, okay. And he turns back to his radio, and then she shoots his radio and points the gun at him and says, give the doctor the keys. He's like, okay, it's New Year's Eve, and I'm already dealing. I'm up to my eyes in this fucking chicken situation. Just take my bike and go. I'm not going anywhere anyway. You can have my motorcycle. I, I know you need to have a Terminator style bike chase scene, so you take my bike and uh, and get out of here. So so they they go. The uh, uh, Lee hits the sirens and chases after them in a motorcycle. I think this is kind of a meme scene from the movie where where the master's like, "What are you waiting for?" And he's like. We're stuck in traffic, and the and the master goes like, "It's an ambulance." Some famous, says, ooh, famous scene yeah. that all the Doctor Who fans. Love. Yeah, I think I think there's like gifs of it, and then they, um, and then they're like doing a chase scene. Whoa! This this I was not expecting this like action chase scene. Like they're like weaving through oncoming trucks Whoa! and. There's a really funny exchange here as Lee pulls off the highway. He's like, I know the roads. I'll get there before them. And the master's just like, or no, not not the master. Lee is making conversation or trying to with the master. And he's like, you want to know what I'm going to do when I've got all that gold? And the master says, no. no. <laughs> and he says, oh, you kill me. And the master goes, you want, you me, to want me to you? kill you? <laughs> I love this master. I would, this is like, this is like the opposite of, of, uh, well, we've seen a couple masters. We've seen Scooby-Doo villain. Uh-huh. We've seen Missy. I blew up like 
Plinus to look at the clouds. I'm twisted. Harold Saxon is what if hungry. the Joker had lightning blasts? Yeah, what if the Joker had force lightning? And he lightning? was hungry. He's hungry. For a hungry, he hungry, hungry, hungry hamburger. hamburger. And then we've got the Terminator. <laughs> I like him. I would, I would like he's, more. He's good. I really like, like stoic, him. Stoic, like weird, like no humor at all. This is like the opposite of, this is like the opposite of Stephen Moffat's uh, absolute psychopath. This is, this is, he has no humor and he's not here for any of this. Except. Except. When he's directly interacting with the doctor, then well, when he, he gets puts, wacky. What, no, it. because it's when he puts on, it's the robes that really do it to you. When he puts <laughs> Clothes on his, make the man. Uh-huh. Okay, so they get to the, the, uh, San Francisco. I want to shout out some mm-hmm. of Grace's quips that she finds the time for in the middle uh-huh. of this motorcycle scene, such as, great, I finally meet a nice guy, and he's from another planet. And, hey, I only have one life, remember? Yeah. So we didn't really need those. No, not really. Uh, this entire time I've been talking about the chasing, I've been trying to think of how the Back to the Future theme goes, and I keep getting different Star Trek themes in my head. No, that's not right. Fuck, how does that one go? No, that's also Star Trek. I don't know it. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. It's the one that goes... Fuck, that's also Star Trek. That one was a joke. But the Let's other two, move on. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm so gonna get it. So they get to the Institute, and they see the ambulance parked outside. Uh-oh. I remember go how it goes now. Okay, never mind. I'm fine now. I can continue the episode. Great. We learn that Grace has connections through the board of the Institute They're or whatever. at, like, the San Francisco Institute for really big, cool clocks. Yeah. And she... there, There's a, a very stoic a... security guard uh-huh. who shoos them away. And he will come back later for a funny them, shot. He goose them away. And then, yeah. um, this is... Now, this is this really is, nuts. This is some Greg Turkington shit, unfortunately. <laughs> this is some Greg Turkington <laughs> shit, is that there are banners all over the Institute that say, 2000, the beginning of San so, Francisco Mean Time. San Francisco made a cool clock, and now they get to decide what time it is for the rest of the world. <laughs> Everyone on the whole planet has to reset their clocks now to be based off of this new timekeeping. Uh-huh. Based in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Good for them. It's movie time. <laughs> it's movie time. Uh, they look at the big, gigantic atomic clock, and the doctor says, the don't worry, I, I only need the smallest part of it. Uh, and he's, like, whispering something to her about his regenerations and blah, blah, blah. And this this guy from the Institute, who I don't know if we ever get a name for him, but he's he's a dweeb. We'll just call him a dweeb. This guy's a real freak, honestly. The Institute dweeb walks over, and he's like, ah, Grace, and who is this? And and the doctor, like, mumbles, he, like, he, like, hisses at her, like, don't, don't let him know the secret. And I, I don't know, I think that this was a play. I think that he did this intentionally, because the guy's like, what's the secret? And he, he leans into the guy and side. whispers to him, I'm half human on my mother's side. And as he's leaned in really close, he just grabs the guy's badge. He shoves this dweeb in a locker. And the guy's like, oh, what a stupid uh, nah. joke. <laughs> um, and then they go up to the to the like clock, back of the clock, where the part that makes the clockwork is. And mm-hmm. the rest of it's all decoration. Um and he goes, There's oh, a very I'm... funny moment here where they're like looking at the panels on the outside of the clock, and he goes, "I wish I had my sonic screwdriver." And she says, "What?" And then he just is silent. 
And then and then they get the little tiny like Berlium clock mechanism, and then he and then he's and like, then they talk about penises. Yeah, they're like they're like oh, you know what they say about things that are really little? And he goes, oh, they do that one joke on Gallifrey too. I was a little bit confused about this because I actually don't know what they're referencing. I was thinking, like, I mean, great things come in small. Pa- I don't know. Was it? Is there like a? It's a small pe- penis joke. Great, but great but penises a, come in small packages. Good big penises are really bad clocks. <laughs> a watch clock never boils. So then. Um, then uh, this other security guard comes up to them, or this like he's not like a, I don't know if he's a security guard per se. He's like a, a he's like staff. I, I wrote down that he's a security guard. I think I was wrong about that. He's, he's like just institute staff. staff, and he's got a badge. And they're like, Ah, I know you. You're you need to study for your midterms. It's important. This is so. Uh-huh. This this is maybe a bridge too far uh-huh. in terms of the doctor knowing shit because the doctor is like. Oh, Gareth, I know you. Hey, here's a tip for your midterm exam. Answer the second question. Don't waste your time on the third. And Gareth is like, uh, okay. Anyway, can I see what you're holding? And he hands him a jelly jelly baby baby. and Gareth is like, oh, okay. He's apparently going to one day solve earthquakes forever and save the entire human race. A revolutionary seismologist who will save the human race several times over. When he says save the human race... Is he saying save the members of the human race? Or is he saying that Earth would be destroyed by an earthquake if they didn't know that it was going to happen? Still Unclear. Gonna... Yeah. But I maybe am not on board with the idea that the doctor knows this guy's life to the extent that he knows, he knows that the if exam. the guy had wasted time on the third question of his midterm, he would have failed, not become a scientist, and then everyone would be dead. It's on the cover of his famous book, um, I'm Glad I Skipped the Second Question, the third looked easy. <laughs> a man came up to me and told me to skip the third question. I believe that uh, I believe that Donna was, was a gifted Wilf. Uh, a copy of that book for Christmas one year. Can I just say uh-huh. how sad this podcast is? Because Why? you said Donna, and I was like, <laughs> who are you talking about? No! <laughs> I was like, Donna from what? We saw we saw Wilford Mott, though, and she gave him the Billy, she gave him a copy of Elon Well, it was when you all- said Wilf, and I was like, Oh, oh, Donna, the funny old guy. The the lady, the, the, the random woman who gives uh, the funny old man a book. One day, one day you'll know Donna. One day you'll you'll know her. Donna, Donna the book giver. <laughs> she's a lady a who character. buys. She's a lady who gives her grandpa a really bad gift that he doesn't want. <laughs> I remember she her. Seems bad. She doesn't want to get married. I think, and also she doesn't give good gifts. So they they catch a glimpse of Lee and the master looking for them, and they they run and they turn a corner, and there's four security guards, guns drawn, <laughs> frozen in place by a full know. coating of slime. First of all, beautiful. This is this is a movie just for us. We love slime, and the show loves slime. We're back. We're so back. I want to know how uh, the master spun this for Lee. This is my. It was good that I did that. Hey, <laughs> these were all Nazis. I forgot. What, how does he slime? When he shot slime at Grace's he shoots wrist, it out of his it mouth. Out of his mouth? Yes. <laughs> Jesus <Wow>. Christ. <laughs> um, and then for no reason. Lee, look over there. <sighs> literally for no reason. A borderline fucker's folly. But he does give a reason. But it's just, I. Uh, he, the doctor pulls the fire alarm. He's quirky. To, he says to liven things up. And then yes. he bars the door to an elevator ladder maintenance shaft with an axe. And then he grabs a fire hose, and they climb a, the a ladder. A fire axe, not just not a battle axe. 
It's his famous battle axe, and then he grabs the fire hose, and he climbs up a ladder with her. No, Lee has his famous battle axe. That's in the paper bag. And then the master breaks the door down, and then he sees that they've already escaped, and they're lowering themselves from the roof with the fire hose. Yes. The end. Uh, This is the beginning of a a kind of perfunctory plot point of Grace, like, trying to get the doctor to tell her her own future. And he's like, I can't do that. There's not really much to say about it. Yeah. I can't do that, but, he says. And then he continues to say that for the movie. Um, until the scene to, where he's like, don't you want to know? And she's like, no, I've learned a lesson. About this part's life. wild. They arrive at the TARDIS. Um, it's locked. It's also been, like, police taped up. Um, mm-hmm. He says, I don't have a spare key. And then a Clara from the from the, uh, one of the Claras comes <laughs> and gives him the... <laughs> I like the part where she's like, what is this weird blue box? A police box? What's that? And he's just like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> he's like, it's a whatever. <laughs> the chameleon circuit broke in like episode two. It's fine. I can't. I can't keep explaining. I can't get this. into this shit. Um, she's they like, open oh, the door with well, the spare the, yeah, key. Yeah, the spare key that's in the O of police. Yeah. But actually, Clara and gave Clara was there and she gave them. The key. This is some like absolute slapstick Looney Tunes shit. I love as this. they open the door, and a motorcycle cop who is chasing after them rides in, and it's like it's the brakes aren't working. Ah, it's bigger on the inside. And he rolls directly into the TARDIS, and we hear his scream. Ah, ah. he comes back out the other end and just keeps going and leaves. It's bigger on the inside. They get inside. <laughs> great the, gag. The uh, Grace is doesn't not really like, make any sense, but it's a great gag. Grace is unimpressed by the Wizard Tower. She doesn't I don't know like what it. that was. Yeah. She was like, huh, oh, seems pretty uh, low tech if you ask me. Yeah, what was like, that okay. about? It's a cool <laughs> it's a cool time machine. It's got books and stuff and candles. Well, I guess maybe that's why Brian took all her shit. It's very, very, very high tech. This part We never I, we never saw her furniture. I love this part. We never the saw doc- the couch. The doctor like opens up the TARDIS panel and I was just smiling serenely thinking about don't fuck up that spring doctor. <laughs> I mentioned the spring earlier in my notes. We were both thinking about the spring. Uh for our listeners, I think we mentioned it on our non-Patreon episodes. There was an episode uh, where the Doctor almost destroys the TARDIS because a spring broke in the Switch. Yeah, the Edge of Destruction the worst season one. I think it's the worst episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. Uh, so they see like a future prediction projection right. thing. There's like the solar system exploding and he says, no, the eye's been open too long. Uh, he admits that he's never opened it before. He doesn't, he didn't know exactly what would happen. Cause she's like, you said it wouldn't happen until midnight. And he's like, yeah, I, my bad. I've been meaning to replace this thing for years, but I mean, uh, there was no reason it would have to be midnight on the dot. I guess I just, it's just dramatic. The dramatic it just felt like that would be yeah. the way it would go. New year, you know, it's turn of a millennium. Just felt so he right. comes up with a plan that doesn't make sense, but whatever, who cares? He's which is reroute the power. She's fly the TARDIS back in time to before the eye open. And that'll sure. f- fix it somehow. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then and then um, he's like, I need you to divert the power, right? Will you mm-hmm. divert the power so he, she can stay he behind? He tells her how to, like, jumpstart the TARDIS. And she sees the slime burn on her wrist. And then and mind controls her. her. Yeah. The slime can do that. And then she <laughs> hits him she in the... She puts in some black contacts. Yeah, and then she smacks the doctor in the back of the head with a frying... Probably, we don't know what it is, but it's probably a frying pan. It, it looked like some sort of Time Lord frying pan. It sounded like a frying pan. <laughs> and then the master is also here. And then they wheel the doctor into the cloister on a big On the stretcher. TARDIS stretcher. Yes. 
I mean, he needs that to wheel around the dead bodies of all of his companions. <laughs> um, and he wakes up and... Uh, is this right? I wrote that Lee tells the no, doctor that I think Grace the doctor's is possessed. Like, doctor, no, he's like, she's possessed. It's, uh, she's not acting of her own free will. Can't you see the master is evil? He's a sick, twisted guy. And then Lee's like, shut up, you villainous monster. When the doctor get, when the master gets his body back, I'm going to be rich in gold dust. Um, and, and yeah, then, the doctor is like, there will be nowhere to spend that money if the master gets his way. And then we the cut master to the master up. walking down the stairs He's in a, a Gallifreyan Time Lord robe, posing. He's voguing the fuck out of this. I always the dress right. for the occasion. He's become funny. Put the, like the clothes. You're right. The clothes make the bit because now he's like, he's like, kisses Lee on the Oh, my, my sweet, beautiful boy, the son I've always yearned for. Maybe he's been like reserving energy so that he can be vampy when the doctor's around. <laughs> I'm a real... Why are you doing this? I'm a real psychopath. I'm consciously aware that I'm a villain. Yeah, um, he kisses Lee on the forehead and says he's the son he always yearns for. I have for. said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. So badly do I want there to be a plot point about the Master having an evil fucked up companion and he takes him on trips with it. We with, have talked about the I evil want companion. it so bad. I want him to get a little... I mean... I mean uh, I mean, Lee is not, a, does not seem like a particularly evil, twisted, uh, little, little guy. No, I guy, mean, he's, but, uh, he's like a gangster, seemingly. He's just some kind but... of punk kid with a cool gun, but like, I need to see the fucked up companion that the master takes on his fun, fucked up trips to like, destroy the Magna Carta. Uh, but anyway, that's not what we get here. So, the master, um, puts the doctor in a very big, scary, pointy, evil, fucked up hat. Um, I yes. thought that I thought the hat was gonna like poke the spikes into him, but it, those seem to just be there to be unpleasant. Yeah, they're they're like spikes on like a kid's skateboard helmet. <laughs> uh, um, they're just there to look cool. And then we get we we begin to get some just about midnight New Year's party. We see Pete, um, the pathologist or the mortician or whatever, not a mortician, uh, wearing a Richard Nixon scary Nixon mask, um. Yeah, this is the part where was did I understand this correctly that his morgue friend was dressed as the doctor with a bullet wound in his chest? I don't know. I think there's a part where his friend like goes and like points to his like bloody chest and then Pete goes, ah, too soon. I'm dressed as that guy who died yesterday, but you also insist that he's alive again. Oh well, and then uh, here's a, we're back. And then back on the TARDIS, the Doctor's like, "How did you open the eye?" And the Master's like, "Lee is human. You're only half human on your mother's side." Sure. Argue about this one forever, Reddit. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, ha. Don't then bother. We're back with the science dweeb, and he's like, "Here we go, a new era of accuracy." I looked it up. Atomic clocks were invented in like the 1950s, but. This yeah, but the, this is the best one. Oh, this is the really good atomic clock. It's it's so much more accurate than the other it's atomic so clocks accurate that, that they're, they're going to have to relocate the uh, mean time. To San Francisco, yeah. Um, and then Gareth, the future seismologist, is like, sir, the clock is up. Been fucked. Our shit is up. And that doesn't get him down. We don't see him go like, what? He's just, he's still celebrating. He's having a great time tonight. No, 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 no. He, he makes a face. He's like, I have to keep it together and hopefully no one will notice. Well, he does a great job because I didn't notice. (laughs) Um, and then. Sounds like you're as dumb as all those scientists. And then the doctor is, 
It's like, Lee, don't do this to me. This is bad. And then Lee's like, this is my only chance to get two big bags full of gold dust, Doctor. I gotta do it. <laughs> well, lest we forget, we I don't think we said it, but the Master gave him those bags of gold dust and said, I'll give you the rest when I get my body back. I don't know what so the Lee's rest like, is. I've but... got two bags of gold dust. I could have three or more. I gotta figure out how much of the rest is. And the Doctor's like, you don't understand. That's my... <clears throat> yeah? The, that gold dust is actually my... Uh... <clears throat> yeah? What is it? It's my, uh, uh... You know. Uh, oh. you know. <laughs> and then he's like, he's, always, he's gonna suck my lives out. And then, and then Lee is like, Lee is like, uh, Lee is like, okay, you know what? The vibes here are wrong. I'm not opening this eye. Well, the the thing that they catch the master on is uh, the master's like, I've waited all my lives for this. And the doctor's like, but you said that I stole your lives. Lee... He's, He's on his lying. last life. Something, something. He wants mine. He wants worm. my TARDIS. He wants my body. It's all uh, mine, not his. And Lee is like, I'm not doing it, man. I'm not opening the eye. Something's not right here. And the master's like, Lee, come on. Oh, no. He's, oh, Lee's dead. He had weeping angel mode on him. He snapped his neck. He killed him. And then, uh, and then... And then uh, he's like, Grace, come here and open the thing for me. And the doctor's like, no, her eyes aren't human. So he can't even. And then he just like pulls the juice out of her. And then she. With a big kiss. He 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 kiss sucks sucks the possession juice slime out of her mouth. Out of her eyes. Yeah. And then pushes her face into the eye scanner. And then it opens it. And then she goes, I can't see. And then the doctor says, it's fine. You're only blind temporary. It's only temporary. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Everything is, (laughs) this scene is really just like everything all the time, all the time to me. It's just like (laughs) everything is just happening so fast for the rest of the movie. So, so the doctor and the master are both standing on opposing dramatic balconies. Uh As He is chained up. The master is standing there loving it. (laughs) <laughs> and a bright blue light from two reflector staffs on the eye cloister thing are flashing bright blue light beams in both their faces. I This scene, their eyes, they have to like hold their eyes wide open mm-hmm. while a bright blue beam of light flashes in their eyes. They this were just shining. Like it's probably really Sh- fun to film. I was thinking because the, the helmet does have like eye hold opening clamps on the doctor and I realized those are probably Except those were not actually yeah, they touching were not doing him, anything clearly. to his face, yeah. Um, but they were shining they were shining lights at it. They were they were going full board ape on these guys right now. They were shining <laughs> bright UV lights into their eyes. Yeah, but much like the board ape eye doctors assured people, it's only temporary. It's only blindness. temporary. And, and and I trust I trust I trust the, the them very much. I trust this film crew. They know what they're doing. Um and if I go fly from this, it's fine. I was worth it. Um So he sends Grace to the console to do the thing from earlier. Again, she's always got time for quips. She goes, huh, I thought surgery was difficult. Why is and she Josh Traeger? <laughs> I thought surgery was difficult because he wanted to be a doctor, remember? No, he gave up on that dream when Kyle hugged the cancer out of his girlfriend. It's a good show. So, you know, it's it's the scene that we all knew was coming. Everyone's counting Ten, down to midnight. Nine. The Institute uh, guy, when they hit Happy New Year, he does the finger in the mouth like the, for some reason, I guess like yeah, popping I don't know bottles, what that was. because he's a freaky dweeb. He's a weirdo. And the news lady uh, says, well, that's all the time we have. I get it. Get it. And then the master goes, I'm alive, Frankenstein. But Grace connects the wires, and the TARDIS starts wheezing iconically, because the brakes are on. And the TARDIS starts doing stuff. 
and it the go- TARDIS does stuff, and it goes into temporal orbit, and it sends them back in time, and, and the-, the eye closes, and the Master starts dying again, and Grace starts to unlock the Doctor... And the master Roar! roars like a big monster with a with like a, a deep pitched voice. down voice. It's like, and then and sends her flying, killing her, killing her instantly. And then the doctor is like, ah, Grace, and he runs down there. And then the master grabs the big scepter staff from the. From, I feel like we have to just release this episode with a picture of what the cloister looks like, <laughs> like a like a like a diagram with labels on it. There's a great moment here when the doctor is like, you only value lives when they can help you get yours back or something like that. And the master goes, life is wasted on the living. <laughs> like throws him across the room. Um, and then, uh, and then <laughs> I love this part. The doctor, the master like jumps at the doctor and then the doctor dodges and then the light goes in his eye and he goes, Whoa! and he starts getting sucked into the eye. And then the doctor can you know, take my hand and he goes, and then he just gets eaten by the eye and, sucked into the TARDIS. And, and then the eye I, closes and the master is dead I start, forever. And then I start typing furiously, I'm on fucking Saxon watch. How did this guy get out of here? This guy, presumably, I have to believe, got out of here in prose, because there is no goddamn way in hell that when Harold Saxon appears, there's a scene of him being like, crawling out of the Eye of Harmony. And he probably just shows up and they don't mention yeah, he the fact shows that up he's and, supposed to be He there. shows up and it's like, it's the master. And then there's ah, going to be like six books and audio dramas that's like, the the master escaped the Eye of Harmony. Although, mm-hmm. the master is a time traveler. Maybe this is different. the end of this his life. the end of his life. Yeah, this is a different master. The previous Harold early. Saxon, Missy, is- these all happened before <laughs> this for him. And then he gets. He a, was rehabilitated as Missy, and then he became evil again. He gets. A, he becomes evil, and then he gets arrested. And the seventh Doctor shows up, and it's like, oh, hello, old friend. Are you still? Are you still silly with <laughs> uh, it? This one of you again? Oh, eh? are you going to do a magic trick at me, little you little bastard? I always hate running into this one. <laughs> this one's a little like, bit too whimsical for my he's taste. Too whimsical, but he's also a scheming. He's a scheming Machiavellian type. Whimsical, you say? I genocided the Daleks. <laughs> He's a real, he's a real meddler. He's kind of a time meddler, if you think about it. Sort of a time meddler. So, yeah, he falls into the eye. The doctor doctor carries Grace's body over and sets it down next to Lee as the TARDIS ticks back to December 30th. It, like, goes back in time and they just come back to life, I guess? Well, it it was the eye. The eye resurrected them. Their bodies glow glow gold and they start breathing again. (laughs) Rassilon came down from the heavens and gave them a little bit of that gold dust and 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 I'll say uh, you know it's kind of weak shit to kill them both only to resurrect them right after but I think that it would have been worse if they died if we hadn't like held on the doctor grieving yeah because it's like he's constantly getting people killed it's the movie they can come back this It's also, <laughs> just this once, everybody lives. Also, it's like the last, like, five minutes of the movie, and what is it going to be like, Spider-Man? The movie ends with the doctor at their funeral. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and they're all buried side by, he's, oh, it's in the graveyard that I came up with earlier. They're, they're buried in the TARDIS. Rest in peace. Meanwhile, uh, another uh, <laughs> doctor, Sylvester McCoy, is in the background digging up the hand of Omega. This is like, no, no, no. It's the this is the TARDIS companion graveyard. Where, by the way, all the doctors are always going to mourn their. No, they just kidding. They don't mourn these. I don't care. But like, I'm imagining they go to the TARDIS graveyard and like 
There's William Hartnell, Doctor, Morning Susan, rest in peace. There's uh, there's the fifth Doctor, Morning Vizsla Turlo. I can't believe that you think that they kill Susan. I don't think that we know that Susan... Ian they got Parma. complaints because Susan held a pair of scissors in one episode. <laughs> they Literally, the Doctor said that Ian, Barbara, and Susan all just got off. But... <laughs> oh, that's right. Vizsler Turlo is there. The, the fifth Doctor is there crying, and then and then who walks in? It's the uh, Vizsler Turlo is in the TARDIS prison. The tenth Doctor walks in. He's crying. I'm so sad about Martha and also Donna, even though she's in later episodes. She still definitely dies. She gets hit by a wood chipper. I don't believe that anymore. Okay. <laughs> we've we've disproven Donna death theory. I mean, I've already talked. I've already done my TED talk. She's 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 forgotten, but not gone. But yeah, he. He, as a little callback to earlier, he's like, so Grace, how's it feel to hold back death? And then Lee is just like, oh, uh, I have your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. The Doctor's a real class act, though. He lets him keep the gold dust. He he looks at the eye and says, what a sentimental old thing this TARDIS is. Thanks, Clara. <laughs> Shut up. He I hate congratulates this. them on going somewhere he's never been before. Dead? Yeah. yeah. Um, There's a little moment here where he's like controlling the TARDIS to take them back to their time. I mean, the day. Lee is like, where, where is the master? And the TARDIS basically burps. Like, does a burping sound? It does a little hurgle at them, and they're like, uh-oh. uh-oh. I think the doctor says indigestion or something. Yeah. So I guess that means that maybe the TARDIS will spit him out, and then he'll go, you know, fight in the time war. Do you think the so master... the TARDIS think, isn't working, so the, he smacks the console, and then it takes them back to the 31st. If the master did fight in the time war, whose side was he on? Because the Daleks executed him for being annoying. He was on the side of space in the war against the planet Maybe he's the singing man. No. Oh, wait, you're talking about Flux? I don't think the Master is in Flux. I hope the Master. No, I was just, I was just making a little joke. A little. He uh, went no, to, he's he not to, the singing man. How dare you? The he went to go fight the the Mori. Some things about the singing man have to stay vague and unknown. And I think I somebody, to... somebody in our Discord, I think revealed the identity of the singing man, and I was like, I want to know so bad, but I can't. I can't. I can't lay, lose this mystery. <laughs> Yeah, thank God for our River song like, saying the word spoilers emoji to let us know when we shouldn't click something. So, like, the thing about The Singing Man is I feel like some people just forgot what we're talking about, that it's just a comic book cover of a of a guy. Like, it's 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 called... It's not a cover, it's 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 a page. page it's called The Worst Day of the Time War, and it's got a... It's just a guy singing and doing, like, the rock and roll hands or something. Yeah, or well, while a young John Hurt wields his... his the first First thing you know, notice about the Doctor of War, etc. Literally, he called out the 10th and 11th Doctors for pointing their screwdrivers at like each other wands. like weapons. And now he is holding it like a fucking magic wand on this cover. <laughs> and, or, okay. Anyway. We need to finish this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, they we get the countdown again. Fireworks, Happy Yahoo, everyone likes and then, it. And then we, the Doctor shows them Gallifrey and he says it's 250 million light years from Earth. That's like a good 10 minutes in this old thing. And then... They're leaving, and Lee gives the doctor back his stuff, and he's like, here's the gold dust, and the doctor's like, you keep it, champ. (laughs) Hey, catch. I would love to know how much money's worth of gold dust is in those bags. I mean, I think like a, I think like a, it's not a lot, but like not that, like a lot. But if it's dust, I think that that means that it's not quite a lot. A lot of, or does it mean that it's mostly air? Mostly air. Because a lot, it's would either be a, a fuck ton of gold or, or not barely very much gold. Because <laughs> it could, because like a, if I think a lot, I think of like a gold ingot, like in Minecraft. But this is an ingot spread out. This is a, 
We'll have to really crunch the numbers here. I don't know how the density of gold dust works out against the density of an ingot, so let's just move on. Uh-huh. But anyway, Lee wins his prize of two bags of gold. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. I don't, know why that's, uh, I don't know why that's so funny. And the doctor, this is really funny, as the doctor is like, oh, Lee, don't be here next Christmas. That's his little, like, like here's a tip for your future, Lee. Uh, I assume what he meant was Christmas in London a few years from now, but... Don't go to London on Christmas when the invasion happens. So Lee says, okay, thanks, bye. He starts to give Grace a future tip, but she's like, no nope. thanks. I know who I am, and that's what matters. And then and he's like, "He's like, come with me. And then she says, no, you come with me. I need someone to help me get new furniture. And then <laughs> Can you help me move? She says, he, "She says I'm going to miss you. And then he says, he says the biggest lie he's ever said... Uh, which is, how could you miss me? I'm the guy with two hearts. I'm so easy to find. Um, and then, uh, and then she says, that's not what I meant. And then they do and then a they kiss. kiss. And then I'm assuming then afterwards, she... I'm amazed it took this long. Uh huh. Thank you, doctor. No, thank you, doctor. They're the doctors. And then he says, all right, I'm off to go uh, on a bunch of adventures and then meet the sisters. I'm, about, I'm off to go do a hundred audio dramas and, and then turn into John Hurt. And Night of the Doctor. I'll, turn into, I'll meet the sisters of Karn, whoever they are, and they'll give me a magic and the, potion. the punchline at the end of the movie is he's back in the TARDIS. He's fixed it all up. He's in his chair. He's got his tea. He's got the, the time machine. Time. He's got his record playing. And it starts skipping on the word time again. And he says, not again. And then it plays and a funny sound film. effect. It plays like a funny, like... Like a funny, like, no, it plays like a funny, like, springy sound effect. Not like boing, but like the, like that sound effect. Like a, what was that? It was weird. I didn't catch that, but that's the movie. It's the end of the movie. So these are great movies. I loved it. I guess we got to rank it, but, but because it's a movie, we have to, I have to, we have to decide how many bags of popcorn it gets. (laughs) Sam, how many bags of popcorn would you give Doctor Who movie? I'll say first of all, it's it feels weird to rank it against normal Doctor Who uh-huh. because it's like I have a scale for movies, I have a scale for Doctor Who, I don't have a scale for Doctor for Who movies. movies. This is not. This is different. This is a different thing. I would say to me, this is one of my favorite Doctor Who things we've seen. Wow, is this, is this a five? Bagger? It's not perfect, but I liked it a lot. I'd give it an A. I give it four bags of popcorn. And I give it, and I, I give it five bags of popcorn. Okay, actually, no, yeah, I give it a B. I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. I'm gonna give it a B. Hmm. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I had a lot of fun with it. I really like Paul McGann. I made me sad that I couldn't see more of him, but also happy that that didn't happen. Keep us safe. I'm gonna be watching Night of the Doctor once a week just to, get to see <laughs> Paul McGann. Like, oh, he's a good doctor. This could be a different episode this time. Guy, yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll wake up and it'll there'll be more Paul McGann Doctor. Hey, you just gotta listen to the audio dramas. Uh, so I give this a B plus, and I give this movie five bags of popcorn and a, and a little two bags of gold dust. Also, <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any companion awards to give out? Oh yes, actually yes. Okay, hold on. I feel I give like... Lee two gold bag stars. Two gold stars for Lee. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Grace the uh the Lee Lacrosse for killing the doctor. Um when he said, please don't do this to me. And she didn't check for his heartbeat or anything. She just went right in there and killed him. That's a Lee Lacrosse for me. Does the doctor get a medal of making I know, for I was being gonna shot say, dead? I, 
<laughs> the circumstances. Normally, I wouldn't give someone a Medal of Mickey for being shot dead, but the circumstances of him haplessly walking out of his TARDIS, getting shot dead, getting the bullets removed, and then dying due to medical malpractice. That's Medal of Mickey material right there, if you ask Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone gets... There weren't really any companions, per se. There was no Sarah Jane. I do want to give... Uh, <laughs> I want to give Lee a pair... Like, an honorary special one-time award for, like, the... Like, like how they give kids uh, airplane wings, like, pilot's <laughs> wings. He gets, like, this special, like, Master Junior Companion badge. Um, <laughs> this is the only one to ever do it. So I give him respect. The evil companion we've yeah. been waiting for. Yeah. But he's not. No. He's a good he's boy. He's a good boy. He didn't really, he was just, he just got, he, he just, just got, got tricked. Tri- um, is there anything else? Uh, no, I'm good with that. I think it's funny that we said that when the, the doctor does a really bad job, he gets like, he gets his medical license revoked. And we, 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 this week we saw a doctor do a really bad job and kind of revoke her it own. It was not her fault, though. They didn't tell her. They didn't tell her. They didn't check. They kept it from her. And they lied. I think it was completely... It, I think it was completely legit of her to assume that his heart was in the normal place. Just saying, she saw those x-rays. She should have checked. She didn't see them. Oh, they didn't show them to her. Okay. That was the whole thing, was that afterwards she was like, what the fuck, show me those x-rays. <laughs> um, well, time for uh, the most exciting part of our, our uh, week, which is which doctor... I also just want to say thank you to all of our patrons. Yeah. It was it was a real treat to get to watch this, and thank you for giving us a hundred dollars a month. Thank you for giving us a hundred dollars. You can now all unsubscribe. Yeah, now. now we go back down to like seventy dollars a month. This was the worst thing to happen to our Patreon ever. But uh, Sam, which doctor? Oh, let me share my screen. I forgot which doctor. I didn't have to do this. Last. I want to see Donna so bad. <laughs> I know it's not fair because it's like there's so much other Doctor Who. I want to see Donna so bad. Can I say, mm-hmm. when I look over and I see the Gatwa column on the odds, you want it? the thought of that 0.78% chance it's coming to so pass is enticing. so scary to me. Not because I don't want to see him, but because, but because the circumstances are so bad. <laughs> you'd have to also, like, get it. You'd have to, like, get it somehow. Eh, we'll find it. Yeah. Um, I've just been in such a mood for Whitaker. You really want Whitaker. You want Flux. You want to see Flux. I want Donna. I don't want Flux. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to see her, and I want to see uh, I want Ryan Donna. and Graham. Yes. I want Donna. We're Give never going to see Donna. They're going to make more episodes faster than we can get through them, so we'll Give never roll it Donna. out. Donna! I'm clicking it. Here we go. Oh. No. Oh! Oh! oh okay. Well, 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 well. Well, look who it is. The end of time it's part two. It's the end two. of time part two. We're going to get to see Rassilon the Christmas Arbiter. <laughs> I just heard Lauren say, oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, wait, this is the last David Tennant episode. We're going to get to find out how this old fuck dies for a little while. All right, well, I won't look this one up on Wikipedia. Yeah, be careful here. That's exciting. We're going to get to see Harold Saxon eat more hamburgers, hopefully. (laughs) We're going to get to watch the master die two weeks in a row. We get to watch... Oh, my God, this one has a thing I've been so excited for. Okay, I will tell you one thing about this episode. This is the first piece of media... Uh, that ever made me cry. <laughs> You've told me this about 500 times. Okay, I just need you to know that this episode made me cry as a child, as a teen. And I was like, wow, Doctor Who's so good, it actually made me cry. Well, that's great. You know, it's been a minute since we've I just had a holiday special you, or I just finale. Want to remind you, <laughs> I want to remind you about a couple of things. I want to remind you that Wilfred Mott has a gun. He's got a cool gun. <laughs> he forgot the gun was in play. Gun was in play. There's a room that you need to be locked in for 24 hours for some reason. Um, 
the master has turned all of humanity into the master, but especially including Barack Obama. I can't stress that enough, especially Barack Obama. But not Donna, I think. Maybe we'll get to see Donna in this one. I would be shocked if we didn't. This is this might actually be Donna, or maybe it won't be because she's got a bometer brain. All right, well, uh, that's exciting. We knew this episode would run long, and we were yeah. right. We're geniuses. Let's wrap. Let's this wrap up. this shit up. Uh, Sam, tell us about our Patreon. Do it kind of fast, but we'll really okay. clap for our ten dollar donors this week. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash potting bros, where $1 a month gets you all of our bonus content. We are going to be recording our bonus episode on the fifth Doctor serial, Terminus. Hopefully, hopefully a day or tomorrow. Uh, hopefully or, tomorrow, yeah. if all goes as planned, we'll but that'll be up soon. Unless everything goes wrong. Uh, $5. Oh, it also gets you a mile of special Discord role marking you as a friend of the show. Companion of the show is the pretty special Discord role you get for $5 a month, which also gets you a shout-out in the podcast, and you can send us a message that will read in one of our funny voices. $10 gets you all that, plus an incredibly special Discord role marking you as an honorary member of House Misuza. You get all that. You can listen to the podcast live while we record it. We will clap for you. Okay, thank you to our 5 and $10 subscribers. Cassidy, Faustian, Bargain Bin, Helga K, JCH, Roy, Stephanie Bolding, Stephanie Karen, Violet Magician, and here comes House Me Souza. It's Destry Hawk, H Cave Sauceworks, and Verdigree. Hey, real quick, uh, last week I said that Ironicus told us that it that the Absorb Block was drawn <laughs> by a child uh, for Blue Peter. That was that was sauce. That was sauce. He said that. I'm sorry, sauce. This is why I always open up the Discord and scroll whenever I say anyone said anything. When you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. And by you, I mean me, and then also me, and then also Lady Me. Thank you. Um, Chai has sent us a message request. Uh-huh. Uh, but it'll come at the very end. Okay. Um... Well, you can find me on co-host at Positive Stress, and you can listen to my other podcast, Sounds About Light, where we have just finished Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, and we are going to start Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, and then those are we're going to take things. a little break. Okay. Um, you can find me on Tumblr at kiwamibreakfast.tumblr.com. You can listen to Kamarocho Radio. It's a Yakuza Replay podcast. Um, and uh, that's it. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr at uh, drha.tumblr.com. And you can send us messages there. If you send us an ask, we'll read it on the show, unless it sucks. We're on Noise Space with other podcasts such as City Girls Make Do. And? Local Service Only. And? The Sonic. Hustle. I want to- Hustle. Thank you. <laughs> From? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and it's too much greed. on cinema. Yeah, it's true. Pot of Greed and, uh, and, uh, I almost just said Mobile Suit more. Gundam. That's not what that's called. And many more. And many more. Sam, Doctor's Prayer, go. Also, uh, you Chai's fucker, request. I didn't know you wrote that. I thought that it was I thought it was a real thing that they said at conventions. You lied. Yeah, I lied to you, you so lied many to times that you I forgot that you knew that it was a lie. I thought it was real. It's real! <laughs> Remember when well, the Master Chai has that? requested, and I think uh, it's only fair if you do it, an ad-libbed Doctor's Prayer where you can't look at the actual words. Oh, I can do that. I almost just started with ask not what the doctor could do. Hey, for you. D- just do it. Just say okay. it. Okay. May your life flow like a river. No, say say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, okay. Ask not what the doctor can do for you. For may your life flow like a river. Great. May your day smell sweet as a rose. May you be may your nights be as calm and as still as a pond. May you be as lucky as an ace in a game of blackjack harkness. May okay. Bill bowl a hole in one. May Wilfred Mott aim true with his cool gun. And may the doctor leave Bill the hell alone. Can we get can we get something specific to the movie? 
Um, <laughs> may may we find out how the doctor is half human. May the eye of harmony be closed forevermore. May, may Chang Li invest his, his gold in Amazon stock. <laughs> may Chang Li make good gold choice decisions, and may Grace never. Miss the heart that bad ever again, and may the doctor, the may eighth Grace doctor, have the accuracy of Wilfred Mott. May, 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 may Paul McGann get many episodes before he turns into John Hurt, young CGI John Hurt, and may the eighth doctor light your path through time. Happy New Year! And like we say at the end of every Patreon episode, <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for the, the money, money suckers. suckers. Excelsior! This is a moment of inappropriate. I remember how it goes. Nobody's hearing this. That's fine.